0: Hare Krishna! Welcome to this episode of AMAM, Ask Me Anything Mondays. And this is episode 14 of this series. And we have switched the frequency of this series. Instead of doing once every two weeks, we are doing once every month now. And replacing the other three weeks. So once in four weeks this will come. And the other three weeks we are filling it up with a new series which we have started uh, this month december uh, which is the song studying vaishnava songs so we'll say our prayers and get right into it <speaking> in <Hebrew> om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om agyanatimirandhasya agyananjana salakaya chakshurun melitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha श्री चैतन्य मनोभीष्टं स्थापितं येन भूतले स्वयं रूपः कदामहं ददाति स्वपदानतिकं वन्देहं श्री गुरु श्री युत पदकमलं श्री गुरुं वैष्णवामश्च श्री रूपं सागरजातम सहगण रघुनाथान्वितं तं सजीवं साद्वैतं सावधूतं परिजन श्री राधा कृष्ण पादान सह ललिता श्री विशाखान्वितामश्च हे कृष्ण करुणासिन्धो दीनबन्धो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांत नमोस्तुते तप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरे वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रनामामि हरिप्रिये वाञ्छाकल्पतरुभ्यश्च कृपासिन्धुभ्यैवच पतितानाम् <coughs> पावने भिओ वैष्णवे भिओ नमोन्नमहा नमः ओम विष्णु पादाय कृष्ण प्रेष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदनं तस्वामी नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवानि प्रचारिने निर्विशेष सुन्न्यवादी पास्चात्य देशतारिने जय श्रीकृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंदा Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! Krishna Krishna! Hare Hare! Hare Rama! Hare Rama Rama, Rama! Rama Rama! Hare Hare! So, welcome to this episode 14 of AMAM. It has been quite a while, about a month since we have done this um, this series AMAM. Anyway, now, now it is going to be once a month, <coughs> and the other, other three Mondays are going to be studying Vaishnava songs. Okay, so let us get into the questions. So, before uh, addressing the Facebook questions that we have, uh, that we have sent the link for, we are going to answer some of the questions which came uh, as comments in the YouTube videos, some of the latest videos, and in the last AMAM session, something like that. So, (coughs) I have collated some of them, and I will answer them first, I think about two or three questions, and then we will start with them. questions that were actually asked for today's session i hope that's all right with uh, with you all and the first comment it was not exactly a question i will just put it up on the screen <clears throat> Uh, question from Jose Re- Regalado. My most respectful obeisances unto you and Shri Krishna. I play guitar and like to sing, but I only play mundane music. And I would like to transform my understanding of music to actually play Vedic music. I would like to speak to you if possible. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Ram Hare Hare. Maybe I should send him a. I don't know. I have no contact details. Maybe you can f- message me on Facebook or you know. Yeah, I think Facebook Messenger would be good. Maybe a link to my profile can be uh, you know replied as a comment to this comment. Um. Anyway, since uh, <laughs> I brought it up on the screen here, so regarding playing instruments, so. Shla Prabhupada was liberal in allowing uh, devotees to use instruments especially in the beginning Uh, and he did not object to the playing of guitar and all but in the temple official Kirtans I mean in front of the Lord and all (coughs) he wanted in uh, traditional instruments um, Kartal mardanga, and if possible Harmonium and sometimes uh, we have seen also flute, uh, vena or violin being played. Guitar, well, <clears throat> it was not uh, very much encouraged. But uh, you know, I think if you can play guitar, then you can always play another like vena or violin. Violin is a bit diff- different, but even harmonium, for that matter. The main thing is to um, please the lord and he doesn't need very uh, grand uh, like a symphony or you know kind of uh, uh, orchestra the main thing is not talent the main thing is a devotion so we have to sing with our sincerity uh, that's the main thing that's the main ingredient actually um, you want to transform your understanding of music to play vedic music now we are on we are not musicians actually. We we use music in the service of the Lord in playing and singing Vaishnava bhajans, but our focus is not music. See? Our focus is singing Vaishnava songs and singing Hare Krishna like that. So uh, the subject matter should be Krishna. Krishna consciousness. Our movement is movement for Krishna consciousness. Not to become musically inclined or this inclined, but if in the course of you know uh, doing our service, if we can use music or any other talent, that's fine. But the focus should not be that talent per se; it should be Krishna consciousness. So I suggest you know, um, Mr. Jose. I think they pronounce as Jose or something, Jose Regalado. I think Jose. I think so. <laughs> So, um, so for you, I would suggest first you read our books. That's where it actually all begins. To really understand our philosophy and then we can actually be focused on what is actually. First, our, our we have to unite. Our principle of unity is, might be a Filipino. Hmm. It would be nice if you could clarify with him and get his contact. Okay, Rajagish Prabhu has given a comment here. He says the name of the person whose question you posted suggests that he might be a Filipino. It would be nice if you can clarify with him and get his contact. Well, if you are from Philippines, then you can actually contact my brother. He is there. I think the link to the Facebook page of Philippines can be um, here as a comment. So, (coughs) so basically, you start with our our unity. Our principle of unity is Krishna. So, it is all centered on Krishna and then of course you can you know you can play your musical instruments but again the focus should be Krishna so that should be the central point and then yes all our other talents that is why there is a nice verse I will just take it out here Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto 5th Chapter verse number 22. ईदम kavibhir nirūpito gunānu varnanam Learned circles have positively concluded that the infallible purpose of the advancement of knowledge, namely austerities, studies of the study of the Vedas, sacrifice, chanting of hymns, and charity, culminates in the transcendental descriptions of the Lord who is defined in choice, poetry. So, um, when we say advancement of knowledge, all aspects of knowledge and music is one of them. Mm -hmm. So, everything, the infallible purpose of all these things should be the glorification of the Lord. So, if you can understand this principle, then that will be very uh, helpful for everyone. So, next. Uh, This is a common question. I think I don't have to repeat myself, but I'll just put the question since it came. And maybe this part of the video can be shared as a link, I mean, as an answer, as a reply to this comment on YouTube. Um, Queen of the South, okay, whoever. So Hare Krishna, what application do you use for the texts? Uh, We have explained this many times. I think I have addressed this in about a couple of live streams before. And uh, probably I think uh, we can share that link as a reply to this comment. (coughs) Next, okay. This is a question by Adit Vijay, let's put it up on the screen so the question is Hare Krishna Prabhu Dandavat Pranam Prabhu at one thirty-two, actually this is uh, regarding a this is regarding a video a wisdom its video which is part of a lecture video Uh, The Wisdom Bites was titled, The Futility of Trying to Enjoy Lakshmi Without Narayan. So, he is actually referring to that video. Anyway, he said, it is said that Ravan wanted to enjoy Sita, but then some say that Ravan was a good devotee of Shiva and was a man who followed the principles and respected women. So, he never wanted to enjoy Sita Devi. Rather, he took her away as he was angry on Lord Ramachandra. So, do you understand this Prabhu? Or how do we understand Okay, so I think it's—I uh, don't know where you heard it from—but it's absolute nonsense. Um, <laughs> Ravana never respected women. He, in fact, was raping every woman that he could until he was cursed by um, Nalakuvara, um, who was the son, who was the son of uh, Kuvera, because he raped his wife, Rambha. And after that, Nalukovara cursed him that whoever, whichever woman he touches and tries to rape her, he will immediately fall down dead. And for that reason, he did not touch or he did not try to sexually uh, abuse. Although he took away Sita, he did not try anything sexual with her until he received her confirmation also. But she, of course, he never got it. She, He wanted to get her... uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, what is the word for that? Uh, I mean, consens consensual. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like both of them agree, kind of thing. So only if the woman agrees will he will he have a relationship with the woman. So that's why he was keeping her in the Ashok one and he was trying to get her uh, approval, but he never got it. In fact, he was cursed as you know as a, <laughs> as a reply he got cursed and therefore, he became I mean he was ruined by the curse of mother Sita. So, uh, he is see good devotee of Shiva does not mean that he is actually a good person. That is why right. two kinds of people so two kinds of people are there in this world one is godly one is demoniac or one is saintly one is demonic. the saintly people are those who are devotees of Vishnu and every anyone who is against Vishnu is a demon so you may be i mean anyone may be a devotee of any demigod actually that's not devotee devotee means he devotes himself but in order to get something in return as a boon that is not a devotee he is just like a merchant he does all these austerities to satisfy the demigods but then he gets those uh, benedictions and he becomes proud there is um, you know devotee means you know no other desire that, that actually is only possible with vishnu the pure devotional service is only possible with vishnu you see here krishna says himself <coughs> atomaam suduraradhyam hitvanyaan bhajate janah tatast ta aashutoshebhyo labdha rajya shriyoddhatah mattaah pramatta varadan vismayanty avajanate Because I am difficult to worship, Krishna is saying, people generally avoid me and instead worship other deities who are quickly satisfied. When people receive kingly opulences from these deities, they become arrogant, intoxicated with pride and neglectful of their duties. They dare to offend even the demigods who have bestowed benedictions upon them. And apart from the demigods, they also uh, dare to offend the Supreme Lord himself. They are always against the Supreme Lord, that is why they don't go to the Supreme Lord. Hiranyakashipu worship Brahma, Ravana worship Lord Shiva to get benedictions so that they can harass the devotees of Krishna. That is the whole point. They never. So it cannot be said who, I mean, which rascal is saying that uh, Shiva was a good man, good devotee of you know, and a man who followed the principles and respected women. What principles? I mean, he was very talented, yes. But he was against Ramachandra Hmm. and Brahminical culture and everything. So, where is the good quality? Demon does not mean one with fangs and... Ravana was actually very handsome. Very, very qualified materially. Musically also, he was very talented. Everything he was talented. His biggest problem was he was against Ram. He was against the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, that was his biggest problem. So, why he was angry with Ramachandra? For what? you say that he he never wanted to enjoy sita rather he took her away as he was angry on lord ramachandra so why should he be angry on Ra- ramachandra did you read ramayan the whole point was that uh, his sister surpanaka was her nose was cut and she went to complain to ravan of course she went to you know and dushan and they fought with you know Ra- ram and lakshman and of course they were killed and after that Uh, when Ravan was uh, made known these things, then he was slightly angry, but it did not incite his anger to the level that he would actually would uh, pick up a fight with Lord Ramachandra. Even he seeing his sister's nose cut, he was not that incense. I mean, he was angered pretty much, but his desire to actually go to Ramachandra, there was no incentive for him. But when the sisters knowing his, um, you know, uh demonic mentality and his uh, weakness for women said that oh ramasandra's wife is very beautiful she is the most beautiful woman i've ever seen so when he she described her like that sita then his interest came his interest became very focused yes now i have to get into this act so that's how he in fact started so how can you say that he was angry he was angry on Ra- Ram. He just wanted to enjoy Sita. That's his main purpose. Ang- anger on Lakshman and Ram. was a secondary, actually. His enjoyment was the first.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyway, I have done a, I have done an article on this, on this very point. In fact, more points are there in that article. Maybe a link to that article can be shared in the comment section by the moderator. You are going to read the article, it answers all these, in fact, so many, in fact, much more elaborate, many arguments, you know, by demoniac people who try to support Ravan's intentions <laughs> and Ram's intentions. Hmm? Next, this is from, okay, this is something else. okay so to this is these are the questions first question by Ashutosh Gupta let me just put it on the screen okay here we go Ashutosh Gupta Hare Krishna Prabhu all glories to Prabhupada my question is from Nectar of Devotion chapter 16 can you please explain me why Prabhupada said that directly becoming father of Lord as Mayavad yeah so Anyone who thinks of becoming Krishna, that is Mayavad. Mayavad, they want to become one with the Lord, Advaitam. Now, in the Nectar of Devotion, it is stated that anyone who wants to become the Father of Krishna, that is also Mayavad. Why? Because Nanda Maharaj, Yashoda, Vasudev, Devaki, these are all eternal associates of the Lord. They are personal expansions of the Lord. Uh, they cannot be uh, replaced. <laughs> Just like Krishna cannot be replaced uh, These associates cannot also be replaced Yashoda, You cannot become Yeshoda No Yashoda is her position is fixed, that's it uh, What we can become is one of the servant of the servant of the servants of these residents of Vrindavan They can follow in the footsteps of Yeshoda or Nanda Maharaj like that and that too not immediately And uh, Don't start tomorrow, okay Prabhu, I am following Yeshoda and Nanda Maharaj footsteps No You have to follow our spiritual master's footsteps And that is called Dasana 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 So Prabhupada's footsteps Following his instructions. But anyway coming back to the point We can follow in the footsteps of the residents of Vrindavan But not become them So to become one of them Is same as becoming one with the Lord That is again Mayavad That is why it is called Mayavad You see (coughs) Hmm Next, Ashutosh Gupta again. My second question is from the 18th chapter of Nectar of Devotion. In the last few pages in the chapter, Prabhupada discussed about para and shadow attachment. Could you please explain the difference between the two? Uh, Last few pages in the chapter chapter 18 let's see i think i, I kind of understand what is that about para and shadow attachment Hmm. so here is a shadow attachment or para attachment let's see let's read about it Okay. there are many so-called devotees who artificially think of Krishna's pastimes known as Ashtakaliya Leela so Ashtakaliya Leela are very intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna and they are not to be discussed by ordinary devotees so um, these are only meant for liberated devotees some devotees here, Prabhupada is saying, that who artificially think of Krishna's pastimes known as Ashokaliyala. Sometimes one may artificially imitate these, pretending that Krishna is talking with him in the form of a boy, or else one may pretend that Radharani and Krishna both have come to him and are talking with him. Such characteristics are sometimes exhibited by the impersonalist class of men, and they may captivate some innocent persons who have no knowledge in the science of devotional service. In fact. <laughs> There was one lady who was coming here uh, many years ago. She used to uh, tell uh, newcomers that she she was talking to Tulsi Maharani, and Tulsi Maharani was talking to her. You know, these kind of people are not some screw loose. You know, (laughs) so. Such characteristics are sometimes exhibited by the impersonalist class of men and they may captivate some innocent persons who have no knowledge in the science of devotional service. However, as soon as an experienced devotee sees all of these caricatures, he can immediately evaluate such (laughs) rascaldom. Because, I mean, even six Goswamis and even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, you know, they were crying in separation from the Lord. They never said that, oh, Krishna has come, okay. Okay. of course, he, the devotees, the pure devotees are always Santa, Sadaiva, Hrudesha, Viloka, They are always seeing Krishna, but they don't advertise like this. They don't advertise. And show out for everybody, Oh, I'm, I just spoke to Krishna, you know. Uh, they, don't, they don't advertise like this. Uh, if such a pretender is sometimes seen possessing imitative attachment to Krishna, that will not be accepted as real attachment. It may be said, however, that such attachment gives the pretender hope that he may eventually rise on to the actual platform of pure devotional service. This imitative attachment can be divided into two headings, namely, shadow attachment and para, or transcendental attachment. Even imitative attachment is divided into two, namely, shadow attachment and para attachment. If someone without undergoing the regulative principles of devotional service or without being guided by a bona fide spiritual master shows such imitative attachment, This is called shadow attachment. Sometimes it is found that a person actually attached to material enjoyment or salvation has the good fortune to associate with pure devotees while they are engaged in chanting the holy name of the Lord. By the good grace of the Lord, one may also cooperate and join in the chanting. At that time, simply by the association of such pure devotees, the moon-like rays from their hearts reflect on him and by the influence of the pure devotees, he may show some likeness of attachment caused by inquisitiveness, But this is very flickering and if by the manifestation of such shadow attachment, one feels the disappearance of all material pangs, then it is called para attachment. Such shadow attachment or para attachment can develop if one associates with a pure devotee or visits holy places like Vrindavan or Mathura. And if an ordinary man develops such attachment for Krishna and fortunately performs devotional activities in the association of pure devotees, he can also rise to the platform of pure devotional service. The conclusion is that transcendental attachment is so powerful that if such attachment is seen manifested even in some common man, by the association of a pure devotee it can bring one to the perfectional stage. But such attachment for Krishna cannot be invoked in a person without his being sufficiently blessed by the association of pure devotees. so um okay this is uh, transcendental attachment either shadow or para can be nullified by different degrees of offenses at the lotus sphere of pure devotees if the offense is very serious then one's attachment becomes almost nil and if the offense is not very serious one's attachment can become second class or third class If someone becomes attached to the principles of salvation or to merging into the existence of the Brahma Jyoti, <coughs> his ecstasies is gradually diminished into shadow and para attachment or else transform into the principles of pasana. This pasana describes a living entity when he begins spiritual realization by identifying himself with the Supreme Lord. <coughs> this state of self-realization is technically called known as monism. The monist thinks himself one with the Supreme Lord. Thus, because he does not differentiate between himself and the Supreme Lord, it is his view that by worshipping himself, he is worshipping the Supreme whole. So, anyway, um, this uh, shadow attachment, I mean, I can give you an example. Like, if you watch some of those videos of Srila Prabhupada, when he was right in the early years, 1966-67, and... Prabhupada was chanting in the room, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Then, the camera pans to all the people who are in the room. And half of them were high on drugs. (laughs) And, (laughs) they still, you know, experience some kind of ecstasy. Some kind of, um, you know, some kind of, um, uh, you know, ecstasy, you may say, you know, that is attachment. They get attached to... um, um, very simple things, which are ordinary for any, any devotee. A devotee, ordinary will, ordinarily will do these things, but they get attached to these things. They, they like it. You know, they sometimes you know, they like the chanting. They like the, you know, they, they, you know, seem to show signs of ecstasy. Even you know, like you know, like. But actually, all these are shadow attachment. They are very flickering, but that is happening in the association of devotees. But if they actually associate with a pure devotee and actually follow the regulative principles then it will eventually become a uh, steady attachment and that will take years i mean this is not something that is to be imitated uh, but it will take uh, you know we have to get into the steady execution of devotional service so in the initially you know sometimes you know we feel uh, so, i mean how to say excited you know because something very new and we feel excited about everything in devotional service we look at the painting i i remember myself i used to look at the paintings and i was like wow what kind of paintings are these you know so nice and i was just l- keep on staring at the paintings in the beginning years you know when i just joined just before i joined actually uh, i used to look at all the paintings of Srimad bhagavatam i used to there, is, there was a website i think Bhagavatam.org or something like that I used to, in my polytechnic, when I was studying actually in college, at that time, I used to go to the e-learning room and I used to open the internet browser. At those days, you know, 2005, internet was like not very, it was new. I mean, it was there, but not as much as, as much as bombardment of social media. No social media then, back then. Maximum, you would have a Yahoo Messenger. So, um, I went to this internet and this website, srimalbhavutam.org or something, and I was just go one by one, all the pages and I will just look at the paintings and just stare at them and look at all the details of the painting. Wow, they so nice, you know, so I was, you know, <laughs> so now of course, I, I don't have time to look at those paintings so much, but we get busy with service. So, you know, different aspects of Krishna consciousness, sometimes even the smell of the incense, when you come into the temple, wow, you feel ecstatic, you know, you feel. So, all these things are there and sometimes, we see also that devotees, when they leave devotional service and return after many, many years. You know, again when they enter the temple, that smell of the incense will bring back nostalgic memories of, you know, when they were in devotional service and all those activities that they did. So, all those things. So, um, so in the beginning especially, there is attachment like that. I mean, you, you become attached. But then, it is not completely based on knowledge and a lot of sentiment involved and, you know, Somehow or other some attraction is there, but then it is not mature and it is flickering and it is because we are not steady in our devotional practice. So, these are all shadow attachment, but with the association of devotees, then it becomes real attachment, steady attachment. That is called the nishtha platform. Nishtha means steady and then ruchi and then asatti, uh, then bhava, prema like that. So, of course, um, here it is said, such attachment can also uh, when we go to Mathura, Vrindavan also, you know, first time especially, we become, because we have been hearing so much about Vrindavan and Mathura and Mayapur and, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and when then we go there for the first time, it is like, wow, I have come to the place of Krishna, you know. (laughs) So, these symptoms, like I remember when I first uh, went went to Vrindavan, Oh, my hairs was standing, you know, wow, I am in Krishna's place, but it is not like, I am completely in ecstasy of love of God or something like that, but just that, you know, because we have heard of it so much and then we actually land there, it is like, you know, uh, So in fact, uh, few few of us actually went for the first time then, I think in 2006, I remember, and, um, you know, we took the dust and, you know, we put on our head and everything. When we, you know, when when we came to Vrindavan, when we got on the bus, immediately we took the dust and put on our head. So, it is like, you know, very uh, excited, you know. But then, that excitement for pure devotees, it is always there. In fact, it is not just uh, out of sentiment. They actually fully see the real Vrindavan.
1: Hmm.
0: We, you know, with our present senses cannot really appreciate Vrindavan. Some people, some devotees, they say, many times we come across, oh i want to you know settle down in vrindavan no i just want to chant you know and and, and peacefully pass away there or retire there in vrindavan it's not possible Dham Vasi, to to stay in the holy place uh, we have to be first of all spiritually advanced and if actually one is spiritually advanced wherever he is that will become a holy place hmm? Narutam Nasthakura has sung tirthayatra parishram keval maner Brahma. Uh, so, the the, the endeavour to go to holy places is just a mental concoction, mental satisfaction. But actually, there is no need. But that does not mean we do not need to go to any holy place. The thing is, if we just go to holy place, simply in the bodily consciousness, that is uh, mental some mental, oh I have gone to some holy place. But actually, my consciousness is what? You know, materialistic. Like, I remember when we went to Jagannath um we were putting up in a hotel. And the hotel room has a big TV screen there. Are People are coming for pilgrimage. Why do, why they should watch something which is materialistic? Hmm? So, it defeats the purpose. That is not devotional consciousness, you see. So, uh, that is not going to a holy place. Going to a holy place means with uh, full reverence for that place. And actually... Uh, a pure devotee can actually appreciate the holy place. Of course, it does not mean that when we are not pure, we cannot go. We must go. I mean, it's not condemned. <laughs> we should go to holy places. But we should understand that holy place is there where the Lord is glorified, even if it may be hell. That becomes a holy place. Like wherever Srila Prabhupada went, uh, he went to the Tompkins Square Park, Tompkinson Square Park in New York, and he was chanting Hare Krishna. That is a holy place now. The matchless gift shop. That is a holy place. Because Prabhupada has set foot there. And he preached. The mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Was going outside India. That was the beginning. And all these things are holy places. Wherever. Not only there. Temple is a holy place. Now this ISKM Singapore. This is a holy place. But. I should be Krishna conscious. There is no point being materially conscious. In the holy place see the whole thing is our mindset where is our mind even if you are in the hell if our mind is thinking of krishna then that is holy place if we are in vaikuntha but we are thinking of hell and that is hell <laughs> so like that ajanya is asking then initial enthusiasm is a fake feel it's not fake krishna gives us some enthusiasm to kick start our devotional life but then <laughs> uh, that enthusiasm has to be sustained and initially we are just enthused because of you know it's new Mm. but then also it of course it's it's full of meaning it's full of you know so this is shadow attachment it's it's the initial boost krishna gives us some inspiration and then we have to take it further People, you know, sometimes, especially devotees become a little bit uh, demoralized. Oh, I used to feel some, you know, some so-called ecstasy and now I'm not feeling that. Uh, Why? Why? See, the thing is, they came innocently into Krishna Consciousness and, you know, they are excited about the whole thing. And they like, you know, they like what they hear about Krishna and everything. But then they start to see uh, Krishna Consciousness as a means of sense gratification. Am I feeling good? They want to feel good by doing Krishna Consciousness. The focus becomes again on them. That is when it starts to wane. So, I mean, in the the initial stage, this is what happens, because we are in the Aparad stage. We are doing so many Aparad. See? So, the focus comes back on us, then it becomes again. So, that is why our thing is not to uh, extract some kind of uh, enjoyment from Krishna Consciousness the enjoyment will uninterruptedly come i'll show you suprasidati 1 2 6 you see this savaypam parodharmo paro dharmmo yato bhakter adhokshaje ahaitukya pratihata yayatma suprasidati this word suprasidati means what completely satisfied hmm the supreme occupation dharma for all humanity is that by which man can attain to loving devotional service under the transcendent lord such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self so in the beginning we become enthused right so but the thing again because we are conditioned to always seek happiness in everything. Bhyasar, we, want hap, we want to be happy. That's natural. But we want it in a selfish way. The actual process of getting happiness is to satisfy Krishna. And then Krishna will in turn satisfy us. Like the finger. If it wants nourishment, it must food put food into, inside the stomach. And then the stomach will nourish the finger. But if it wants to directly eat the food, the finger. If the finger wants to eat the food, it cannot. It will be frustrated in its attempts. So, this directly trying to seek pleasure, that is wrong. So, when even when we come to Krishna, when we feel that pleasure and then suddenly when we want that pleasure, then it is again we are becoming selfish. We do not care about Krishna. We want Krishna to give us pleasure. When I am chanting Hare Krishna, I want to feel happy. So, that um, using it as a means of um, mental uh, manorans and you know like, uh, what is it called? Entertainment. That then Krishna will uh, will not allow Himself to be enjoyed. So then we start to contemplate eh, why, why this happened. So, because these are all offenses, there are so many offenses to be avoided. So, there are Nama Parad, Seva prad, Dhamma Parad, Vaishnava Parad, uh, what is that? Um, what is that? Uh, Deity worship actually comes under Seva Parad. So all these apparats are there which we need to avoid. Hmm. So then we guess, yes, again get the that, that's what that is a Nishta platform. I think let me for those of you who haven't seen the verse, many of you have seen, but let me just show this. See Adav Shraddha, Tataha, Sadhu, this is these are the Chronological stages of advancement and devotional service. Okay. Adavo means first Shraddha. Tataha Sadhu Sangha. Atha Bhajanakriya. Tato Anartha Nivrittihsyat. Tato Nishtha. Ruchis Tataha. Tataha Atha Asaktis. Tato Bhavas Tataha Prema bhudanchati Sadhakana Mayam Premna Pradur Bhaveb Bhavet Kramaha. See. In the beginning, there must be faith. Ado then one becomes interested in associating with pure devotees. Sadhu Sangha. Thereafter, one is initiated by the spiritual master and executes the regulative principles under his orders. This is bhajanakriya. kriya. Serious engagement now. Steady, regular engagement. You know? Then, thus one is freed from all unwanted habits. That is anarthanivritti. Hmm. How will we get freed from all unwanted habits? By chanting, we become purified and of course, it depends on how much carefully we take up the chanting process and also not only chanting, other services, so many other services that we are given. If we perform them with full sincerity, then yes, all the dirty things become one by one, one by one cleansed. And then, in the in the course of becoming cleansed, we make a lot of mistakes. We will commit offences and then we learn from them. We apologize to the devotees, we you know, regret, repent. All these things are purification, uh, purificatory. And then in the, in that way, slowly by and by, uh, one will become advanced. And then what happens? And becomes firmly fixed in devotional service. Thereafter, one develops taste and attachment. See, this is the way of sadhana bhakti. So, taste means ruchi. Then attachment. The execution of devotional service according to regulatory principles. Gradually, emotions intensify. Hmm. This is asakti, attachment to bhava. And finally, there is an awakening of love of Godhead. This is the gradual development of love of Godhead for the devotee interested in Krishna consciousness. So, these are all stages. So, um, unless we come to the nishtha platform, we cannot be steady in our practice and steadily avoid offences. That's why Bhaktivinoda Thakur actually prays to Krishna. When will I come to that stage where I... Will never commit offences and always um, meek and humble and always be able to relish the uh, mellows of the holy name. Being fully absorbed in service attitude. Of course, he is already on that stage, but he is considering himself a neophyte. In his humility, he is writing like that and also he is teaching us to actually uh, pray for such perfection. Siddhi Alasa, it is called the greed for perfection. Mm. Next by Banajaksri Mataji. So the question is interesting question. Hare Krishna Prabhuji Dandavat Pranam, all glorious to Shri Prabhupada. And you, Prabhuji, referring to sorry, Srimad Bhagavatam 1.17.38 and 39. Most of the Mataji's love to wear gold ornaments and use fancy leather bags. But Kali stays in both of them. It just doesn't stop here. Often we put makeup using many kinds of cosmetics which would be rendered animal fat. Prabhuji, how about silk sarees which makes Mataji's look grand and beautiful? Again, they are also made out of killing many, many silkworms. Prabhuji kindly shed some light, keeping the interest of all the Mataji's. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Good question. So, firstly, uh, referring to 117, 38 and 39. Let's go there. And... These are the four sinful activities. Suta uvaca abhyaarthitas tadatasmais thanaani kalayaeda dao diyutam paanam srihasuna yatra dharma scturvithaha. Suta Goswami said Maharaj Parish Siddhas being petitioned by the personality of Kali. This is not Kali, not that Mother Kali, you know. This is Kaliyuga personality of Kaliyuga. Thus, being petitioned by the personality of Kali, gave him permission to reside in places where gambling, drinking, prostitution, and animal slaughter were performed. Then, punas chayachmanaaya jataro prabhu taton Ritam madam kamam Rajovairam Chapanchamam The personality of Kali asked for something more. And because of his begging, the king gave him permission to live where there is gold. Because wherever there is gold, there is also falsity, intoxication, lust, envy and enmity. So, basically, where these four uh, (coughs) sinful activities are there. And then where gold is there, then all the other four four sinful activities are there. Falsity, intoxication, lust, envy and enmity. So... uh, Anritam, these words, anritam, falsehood, madam, intoxication, kamam, lust. You know all these things. Vairam, enmity, or envy. So actually, if you go to this uh, one seventeen twenty four, these are the. these are the uh, what is that pillars of religion these are the four pillars of religion Tapah, shaucham, daya satyam in the age of satya truthfulness your four legs were established by the four principles of austerity cleanliness mercy and truthfulness but it appears that three of your legs are broken due to rampant irreligion in the form of pride Uh, Lust for Women and Intoxication. So the four principles, I mean the four regulatory principles that we have, four prohibitions, no meat-eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication protect the four pillars of religion. So, no meat-eating means that will um, foster mercy, Daya, no illicit sex. That promotes cleanliness of thought inside and outside. Uh, That is, saucham. Uh, Then, uh, no intoxication. That will make us austere. And, Satyam. No gambling. Then, if one does gambling, then one becomes a liar eventually. Because, he wants to get money somehow or other. And, he cheats. So, all these things come from gambling. So, Satyam. So, these are the four pillars of religion. So, all these prohibitions are to guard these four pr- pillars of religion. And then to sustain it, we must re- uh, need spiritual power. We need spiritual power. And therefore, we chant Hare Krishna. Therefore, the chanting of 16 rounds and the following of the four principles are there. So, anyway, the point is, the question is that, <coughs> that uh, first of all, gold. So, Mataji is, you know, they wear gold and all that. It is not, it is not that... Um, They cannot wear gold. In fact, it is one of the auspicious items. In fact, even when we install the deities, um, some of the auspicious items are gold and even silk. So, first of all, gold. Let's answer the gold question. This is the thing. Gold has been there since time immemorial. And in all the Vedic literature, you will see that it is a sign of opulence. And it was never prohibited. So, although Kali will stay, it actually means that if we become greedy, greedy for wealth, then yes, uh, then gold means money also. I mean, basically, the purchasing power. When you have the purchasing power, then you know, sense gratification is wide open. The doors of sense gratification. So that's why, because that sense gratification becomes wide open, uh, then there is unrestricted. Um, indulgence. That's why wherever there is gold, there is also all these sinful uh, things. So, in other words, wherever there is a lot of money, then there is sinful activities involved because there is easy facility for all these things. With money, you can get, you know, women, wine, or you know, meat, and all these things, gambling, they, they you know, encourage that's why it is said but it is not that you cannot wear gold no. it's not be uh, one should not be greedy but you know as much as uh, possible not as much as possible like wherever possible one can wear of course one don't do it like to the to i mean uh, overdo it but uh, you know wearing is not a problem not a, it's not it's not condemned anywhere but especially when we chase after gold uh, then or we chase after money it's the same thing if we become greedy for money, that's what is contempt. Mm. Propulence is always there everywhere and silk also for that matter silk is uh, the silk worms are used but even silk is considered an auspicious item even to be offered to the lord and even all clothes and everything also anything we use first has to be offered to the lord first. And use everything as a prasadam. Even new clothes also. Uh, we offer to the Lord. And then we wear. That's the. Even in the. At least in the mind even. We have to offer. So. Uh, that's how we have to accept everything. And so how. What about silk? So that's the thing again. If, either it's cotton plant. Or the silkworms. That are going to die. So. Either way there is death. And that is the thing. Jeevo Jeevasa jivanam to clothe ourselves or to eat we have to depend on other living entities we cannot wear something which is uh, you know of course nowadays there is synthetic but it has its own <laughs> uh, problems see so biodegradable materials are these so these things can be used it is not that it cannot be used there is no injunction that silk cannot be used so we follow what krishna gives us what prohibitions what allowances krishna gives us we can we we can use those. See, we're not into this uh, vegan kind of idea where okay we don't want to kill animals. Of course we don't want to kill animals, uh, and leather. Of course leather is other. Um, there's no need to use leather products. I mean you can always get cloth and uh, other material, right? And um, we we're not into killing animals, but uh, even for that matter, honey, honey bees are you know killed in the in the course of taking honey, right? And so also for silkworms. But these things can be used. Can be used by humans. And similarly, milk is something which can be uh, used by humans. Which should be used actually by humans. Cow's milk. So it actually is required for spiritual uh, understanding. <coughs> if you uh, drink cow's milk, then finer tissues in the brain develop. Robert said this. and one can actually appreciate uh, you know spiritual subject matter and even in the previous uh, ages the ghee that was used for sacrifice that cow from cow only we can get the milk and from milk we can get ghee so all these are derivatives of the cow but it's not that the cow should be killed you know cows were taken care of nowadays cows are killed but of course when we use the cow's milk then the cow becomes benefited and even the honey or even the, uh, the honey also if you offer to Krishna and that is also the uh, the bees also get benefited. You see the honey bees, they are storing all the honey. They are not going to eat all the honey, you know. They just keep on storing, keep on. They, they eat a little bit but mostly they keep on storing. Hmm. So, wherever it is allowed by Krishna, that can be used. And silk also. In fact, silk worms, even if you don't kill them, what they do is they create this cocoon and they kill themselves they become trapped inside cocoons <clears throat> how about using leather slippers sandals or shoes no need no need you see we can always do without them we can always have now there nowadays there are so many alternatives right so, in previously the leather it used to be by dead an, uh, from dead animals, already dead animals. So, the muchi, the, col- the cobbler used to, uh, whenever there is an animal which dies, he will collect the skin from that animal which already died. Not that you know the animals were actually killed for uh, the skin, that used to be the case before. Even the sages they used to use deer skin or tiger skin to sit on top. It is not that they kill tigers and deers, by nature they will die anyway, so that skin they used to take and use, so like that they used to use. Um, In fact, even in the Mrdanga, it is leather, you know the strips are all leather from cow which has already died, but again they... There have been many instances where cows were killed, you know, for Muslims, you know, they slaughter the cows and then that skin is also used for mridanga. But what can be done? Is we are using for Krishna's service. But, you know, of course, there is a fiberglass mridanga which we also use. But then the mridanga, which is the traditional mridanga, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there and Nithananda Prabhu was there. They, they knew and the leather was there in the mridanga. but still it is used, you see. So, of course, it was supposed to be from the dead animal. But then, some of, some of these uh, people, they do also with this kind of... So, you know, what can be done? That's why even Kali Yuga, everything is going, you know, down. Only, only chance is, if it can be used in Krishna's service, then, you know, they benefit. Even one time, what happened? Um, Prabhupada was asked. Prabhupada, in, uh, here in the Western world, the sugar, you know, uh, to make it white they used to process it with cow bones or something like that to make it white or something so said, what to do you know everything is contaminated in Kali. even ghee is not proper we anything is not proper what to do you know we, we just have to offer it to krishna what what can be done of course if there is an alternative we can of course nowadays there is alternative brown sugar and you know there is also um, jaggery you can use but still sometimes sugar has to be used so if it is done with, without proper uh, this thing, in fact, one devotee, interesting actually. one devotee he came a uh, couple of years ago, he was just visiting and he was telling that in India for cooking for the Lord, they don't even use the salt from the sea. They don't use sea salt because sea salt has you know fish there and you know, so, so maybe part of the fish is there in the salt you know at least the flavor of it or something like that. So they use the rock salt. But you know, Prabhupada did not like uh, say that okay this has to be done. So there where there is no strict injunction. If you want to really follow strictly, you can't eat anything actually almost. You know. Even the plants maybe, you know, chemicals are used, or whatever. You know, how do how to make everything pure? So our only solace is this. 823 16. Mantra Deshakalar Sarvam Karot Tava. There may be discrepancies in pronouncing the mantras and observing the regulative principles, and moreover, there may be discrepancies in regard to time, place, person, and paraphernalia. But when your Lordship's holy name is chanted, everything becomes faultless. This is our only solace. Of course, it does not mean that we do any nonsense and just tan harrigation that is not the point. But, whatever is allowed, silk is not it's not allowed and um, honey is not that is not allowed. So, of course, we can avoid leather, slu- I mean uh, leather um, items and um, cosmetics you said they have animal fat. Actually, there are so many natural cosmetics, in fact, one um, because for our drama. We were using uh, cosmetics so in the beginning i do not know cosmetics have animal um, this thing so then one mataji told us actually there is this uh, brand i don't know which brand of cosmetics is that then they are all plant based so okay good then we changed all our products to that uh, that brand so I, i don't remember the name of that brand but maybe some maybe matajis will know i don't know so it's not that you i mean usually women you know sometimes they wear some Uh, Cosmetics, some women don't want actually tilak and uh, what is that, kantimala, these are actually not natural ornaments of devotees. Apart from that, you know, sometimes earrings or some you know, some cosmetics, matajis wear maybe. So, for that, you know, you can use natural ones always. I mean, even in um, uh, what is this, Um, but of course, don't overdo it to the point that you know, look like a ghost, you know. Just yes, I mean, I know women like to look good and all that, but you know, do it very, actually as much as possible, like I knew my mother never used any cosmetics usually, maximum she used the powder maybe, yeah, that is all I know, in, but I mean, different women are different, I am not saying everybody should be one type, but we have to minimize, no need of extraneous you know, absorption in the body keep it as simple as possible and use natural minerals or natural i mean cosmetics if possible i mean i mean make an effort actually not just if possible make an effort to use uh, only natural products even for that matter soaps have animal products so i came to know this much and after many years i joined krishna consciousness and then, then i researched okay which are plant based okay then found something okay then i started using that brand you know so many things you know uh, are contaminated in this Kali Yuga. So, we have to be careful and uh, even in ingredients you know we have to look nicely you know what all they put inside whatever we are buying. So, best is everything we make ourselves you know that is the best thing to do. Natural way of using everything. <coughs> uh, I think there is a verse now. One can use the natural products, what is that? Somewhere in the seventh contour. Ah, uh, I think uh, uh seven ten seven fourteen let me see seven oh, sorry eight sorry eight one ten. This is like the Upanishad verse. Within this universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is his in His super-soul feature. is present everywhere, wherever there are animate or inanimate beings. Therefore, one should accept only that which is allotted to him. One should not desire to infringe upon the property of others. Ah, Anjanya is saying, in some cosmetics, aborted fetus is added since it is protein rich. That is absolute rubbish. So, that is why come out of this and uh, use natural products. I think here it is said. um, Let me just find out. Okay, Okay, just give me a second here. Um hmm, seven fourteen seven. Divyam Bhaumam Chantariksham Vittam Tatsarvam Upayunjana Etat The natural products created by the Supreme Personality of Godhead should be utilized to maintain the bodies and souls of all living entities. The necessities of life are are of three types those produced from the sky, from rainfall from the earth, from the mines, the seas or the fields and from the atmosphere that which is obtained suddenly and unexpectedly. Now, even um, talking about this, even pearls are used. You see? In fact, Krishna gives the example, Sutre Maniganaeva in the Bhagavad Gita 7th chapter 7th verse, that a necklace of pearls is held by the string and similarly, I am holding everything in this material manifestation. He gave the example of a pearl necklace. So, pearls are again Taken from the oceans, right? Everywhere now in Singapore is sanitizer. Do use it often? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has alcohol. But sometimes I mean we are not uh, we are not getting intoxicated with the with the sanitizer. <laughs> you know, medicines might contain meat products. You know. In fact, the test on animals also medicines, but some things you cannot avoid. You see, something how you don't want to use anything. Prabhupada said, if you you know, if you are having a headache or a fever, just take the medicine and get back to your service. Oh, maybe make a research whether this Panadol, you know, or Paracetamol, whatever it is, whether it was used in uh, on rats or on monkeys or whatever. Or oh, if it is used, I will not take. I mean, come on, just be in practical and take the medicine and get back to service. So, if we actually scrutinize everything, this ha- that is why it is What is that? What is that? I will show you. We will come back to this verse because I think it is important. Um, yeah, this verse. 12, 3. Kaleer doshanidhe rajan gunaha. Kirtanadeva Krishnasyam Mukta Sangaha My dear King, although Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults, there is still one good quality about this age. See, Kali Yuga is a Kale Doshanidhe Rajan. It is an ocean of faults. Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults. Everything is faulty in this Kali Yuga. There is one good quality about this age. Simply by chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, one can become free from material bondage and be promoted to the transcendental kingdom. Even when we are walking, we are killing some, you know, ants or some insects. And even when we are cooking, we are killing something. Sometimes even when we we, we may well, we kill some cockroaches or some, you know, some, you know, mosquito. Here, if you don't kill the mosquito, you will get fined, you know, in Singapore. Of course, you cannot put any uh, stagnant water and breed mosquitoes. Yeah? So, uh, if you if you if uh, if there are mosquitoes and you don't kill, you get fined any national environment agency they will come and find you so what to do Uh, and they will uh, give uh, malaria or dengue and then that will become a problem so sometimes killing is going on but we of course we should not we should keep things clean then we don't have to you know have all these things at all in the first place but sometimes when they are there then it has to be done you know place has to be cleaned What, what can we do we can't help cockroaches just come and you know just just infest the whole place or you know mosquitoes can infest the whole place we can't do it Hmm. so the only thing is that uh, we have to use everything that is naturally produced and um, as much as possible you know find our alternatives okay water can be used as a plant-based or something I use that Why why to use the meat products unnecessarily you know And then, but then, if we overly look into the like with a microscope, everything is going to be faulty. That is again another thing. So we have to do our devotional service. See, for example, we are printing books. Trees are killed. What about that? Oh, we have to save trees. No more book printing. Stop book distribution. Can't do it. Right? So, uh, <laughs> whatever is to be used, we have to use it, that is it, mm, especially in the service of the Lord. And see, we living entities in different forms are all children of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is, I am reading from the Purport of 7.14.7, 7. Uh, as confirmed by, by the Lord and he says, I am the father of all species, okay, let me go a little bit down, one who rejects anything Can you can you use pesticides on tulasi Devi to get rid of insects and gnats? Actually, Prabhupada said do not use chemicals on uh, Tulusi, but there are natural uh, ways you know you can keep these insects and all uh, away from Tulusi Marani. (coughs) So, again, uh, I think uh, here also Pavanesha Prabhu uses natural only natural, distinct. he doesn't use chemicals. Prabhupada they said, don't use chemicals on tulsi Marani. See? <coughs> so, just let me give me a second here. So, Okay. Here in this verse, <coughs> The natural products are coming from three sources. Produced from the sky, from rainfall, okay, from the earth, from the mines, the seas or the fields. Even mines, you see. In those days also, they used to have weapons, right? Weapons means you have to have an arrow. Arrow must have metal. Where did they get the metal from? From the mines. So they used to do mining. Um, and... Um, From the earth, of course, and from the seas also, the pearls are from the seas. So there are other minerals also, and I think it is said that in some kind of astrological uh, time, when the rain falls on uh, uh, oyster, I mean oyster or something, it becomes a pearl. Something like that. There is there is some uh, Vedic science behind how the pearls uh, come and minerals also come. I mean those gemstones also form. There is so much science to it actually and even fields we are uh, i mean even for vegetation even vegetable also so many plants are killed again we cannot avoid some things Uh, so whatever is allowed by krishna in krishna consciousness by krishna for our use that we can use that is why this is actually very uh, perfect way that you know, we have seen this verse, no? This one. Ishopanishad and this one. This Bhagavatam 8 110. Atma vasamidam vishvam yat jagat jagat bhunjitha magrada kasya Sunita Sharma is asking what natural pesticides can you use for Tulsi Devi? Actually, you know what? I am not very uh, conversant with these signs. Pavaneshwar Prabhu, who is our devotee here, he knows better what is the exact thing that he uses. Um, what I'll do, I'll find out and um, put it as a comment. Hopefully, that will help. I think there is a book also, uh, "How to Take Care of Tulsi Maharani," by uh, I guess Govinda Dasi, Mataji, uh, Prabhupada's disciple, and uh, she took a lot of instructions from Prabhupada, and uh, she was very, she was known for growing tulsi, and she used to distribute to all the temples back then in the '70s. So I think she has written a book, "Caring for Tulsi Maharani" or something like that. There is a book you can actually get that, and all the guidelines are there. Okay. But the pes- I mean the specific question, what natural uh, pesticides I will ask from Prabhu, and uh, I will I will put here as a comment after this session, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Kindly excuse me on that. Um, <coughs> so veganism is. Um, you know, distorted, it's actu- it actually lacks reasoning, it, it it has good sentiment, but because it is not guided by Shastra, it lacks, uh, it, it actually contradicts itself, because killing is what they are against, but killing is there in the plant life also. So, how can they actually, you know, avoid violence? So, the actual process is this, in the Ishvopanishad and here. Within this universe, the supreme personality of Godhead is in his super soul. Feature is present everywhere, wherever there are animate or inanimate beings. Therefore, one should accept only that which is allotted to him. So, whatever is allotted to us humans for our sustenance. For example, the tiger is allotted meat. Tiger is not going to come and eat your grass and you know, whatever. He is not going to eat that. He is going to eat only meat. That is allotted for him. So, similarly, humans, what is allotted for us? We have to use that. And not encroach upon other things which we don't need and which we you know which are not allotted for us. So, what are allotted, what are not allotted, these are all listed in the Manusamhita and such Dharma Shastras. And in our uh, Bhagavatam, we can see what, you know, so we always see silk. Krishna always wears silk. You see, uh, in fact, recently I made a song about Nithyananda Ashtakam. There also, Neelapatta Vasa shobhitam. he in, um, he wears a blue color silken cloth on his waist, uh, Nithyananda Prabhu. So, I mean, patta in silk. So, silk is, you know, is used, is, is some one of the things that can be used by humans. So, we have to use what is allotted for us. See, uh, whatever is not allotted, even honey for that matter, you know, like that. So, these things and milk, and milk, these are allotted for us. So, that we can use. So, um, Manajakshi is saying pesticides of neem, maybe. I think there are like that, yeah. So uh, yeah, it is a good question actually, because it is good for uh, everyone to understand these things. One should be as much as possible, try always look for alternatives and use always uh, the thing that can be used with plant origin, you know, we do not have to use meat products and you know, fetus, I mean, come on. <coughs> uh, that is definitely out of the question that we have to use proper things. but some necessary things we cannot avoid silk and honey and you know, milk and all these things we cannot avoid so we have to offer and use okay uh, next okay it's a related question so i'm just uh putting it here raji prabhu is asking Question by Bhakta Renz from ISKM Philippines. Substances like weed, marijuana, which is considered one of the intoxicants, is sometimes suggested as medication for some kind of ailments. Is that allowed? Well, at least in Singapore is not allowed. (laughs) So, um, yeah, as a medicine, it is okay, but uh, not to overdo it. But again, it depends on sometimes the country's laws. Like in Singapore, it's not allowed. So, they have not legalized it but i think they may they might be looking at these alternative uh, you know medicines and if they allow then that's another thing as a medicinal license to something like that if they have some rules for that that's another thing so um, again it should not lead to again intoxication same but as much as possible if that cannot if that need not be used then we can do away with it not that Oh, I am having a headache, probably I need marijuana. Then we know what is the problem. Addiction. <laughs> then you need some cold cold turkey treatment. So um, use just like uh, what is it, garlic also has so many medicinal properties. But we can always use medicine without garlic. It's not that we must use garlic only, otherwise we will die. No such thing. So try always finding alternatives and if I mean absolutely cannot and if there is a real case to be made uh, like some say that you know with this kind of thing um, cancer can be cured I don't know I mean I'm I'm not a medical expert so I can't really say some say that can cure cancer some say that we have used but it did not really cure the person still died so I have heard both sides of the story so I mean if that kind of terminal illness is there and if something is really really helping then maybe but not as a drug i mean not as a actually medicinal marijuana is is a thing in the us it's not addictive it's it's just for medicinal use and then after that finished. so anyway that's there but try not to use it for if it's not terminal terminal illness then uh, i think there's no need of especially using. Sourcing Maru, actually I am only using it as medicine. In fact, we had one devotee, so-called devotee in, um, when we were going to New Zealand. There was one there, he used to take this um, cough syrup. What is there in the inside is there actually alcohol, 50% is alcohol in that. One Swami or guru, so-called Iskon guru also used to do that. Uh, he used to always have cough syrup in his, with him. And what is that? 50% is alcohol, always we, he was drunk. He was drunk. Guru. He's gone, Guru. Drunk. On uh, cough syrup. <laughs> so, uh, and we had devotee, so-called devotee, who uses caffeine for so-called back pain treatment. I mean, you can always do in various ways to treat your back pain. Why you must use caffeine? Uh, I need a shot of caffeine, you know, otherwise I, I cannot work. No, I mean, something is seriously wrong. You're not serious about you know exercising your back or you know moving about at least taking a walk most of it is excuse it's largely 95 percent of it is excuse there is some problem yes he can always treat it in a different way not that i must take caffeine and then only i can be alive no? so the intention has to be seen See? okay so next And uh, <laughs> Sunita Sharma, what about COVID vaccine? Well, that's a case, isn't it? So, <laughs> so some uh, clinical trials they have used some fetus or something, you know, some. But uh, the company clarified that in the vaccine itself there is no fetus cells involved. Um, in the beginning stages, they use something. Now, in Singapore. COVID vaccine is not mandatory. It is encouraged, but not mandatory. Um, So, people, I mean, can use the discretion. But what I'm foreseeing is that, see, this is still an evolving situation, right? And what I'm foreseeing is that in the coming years, especially in the coming three to five years, starting from 2021 is going to be still not normal, right? And I remember when I was filling up forms, when I was going, I mean, to any country or any visa application, I will be asked whether I went to, you know, Middle East, um, you know, because they want to check whether I had MERS or not, M-E-R-S, which is a Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome like that. It was there and uh, SARS this was actually way back these you know these diseases happened like 2002 and uh, SARS and then MERS happened I think to 2010 I don't know when it happened but years after that still they were asking these questions whether you went there or not so even for COVID I think it's going to be for a long time in the future because it's like such a rattling uh, experience the world over so I think it's going to be there for some time at least for the next 10 to 20 years, maybe, I don't know. So, what is, uh, what to do? So, what I'm foreseeing is that sometimes, maybe they will not even allow us to travel if you don't have a vaccine. Or either we take a vaccine, which is offered free by the government, or we take this expensive COVID test each time we travel, and only then they may apply, I mean, allow the visa. So, if that has to, if it comes to that stage where traveling for preaching has to be done, and if excessive amounts of money can be saved by taking a COVID vaccine, and of course, again, what are the what are going to be the side effects of taking a COVID vaccine? Every vaccine will have side effects. So, um, different on different people, it will act differently. So, it's all it's all a very evolving situation. So. Um, We have to be open and we have to think practically at that time what is going to be you know at that time of travel or whatever when it's going when it's all going to resume so depending on that decisions have to be taken and there may be some repercussions like side effects usually until now they said minor side effects uh, not like life-threatening side effects but depends also on the pre-existing health conditions of the people who are taking the vaccine so it's all we have to wait and see what is going to happen. And anyway, travel is not going to resume to its normalcy in at least two to three years, I see. Uh, even this vaccine administration of this vaccine will take at least. Even in Singapore, which is so small, they t- they're saying only by the end of twenty twenty one will the entire Singapore get vaccinated. That's their plan. So that's just a small city here, and what to speak of? I mean, big big countries. I mean, India with one point three billion people and China with 1.5 billion people and big big I mean United States and everywhere I mean they have deaths going on still in the thousands and I mean for it all to come to normalcy it's going to take a long time so even after it returns to normalcy we have to see then you know and then take a practical decision at that point of, point of time if, if it can be avoided okay you know and if it cannot be avoided then what to do in fact, there was a statement um, by one disciple of Prabhupada. He was saying because he was asked to go and preach in Russia, Russia or somewhere in the cold, you know. And then uh, he was giving some kind of excuses, you know. Prabhupada, I don't want to go because there is only meat there. There is no vegetables, and I can't even live. Prabhupada said, "Then go and eat meat and preach there." He was scolding the devotee, so he was chastising him. So, Prabhupada was, you know, to that to that extent. Uh, of course, it doesn't actually mean that you, okay, okay, Prabhupada, okay, you know what, Prabhupada asked me to eat meat, I will eat meat. No, that is not the thing. The thing is, preaching is so important that if anything else has to be compromised for that, we have to compromise it. Examples are, on Janmashtami day, we have to fast, for example, no water until midnight, 24 hours, right? But then, Bhaktasiddhan saraswati Thakur wanted to send uh, two, two devotees to another uh, town to preach uh, to another city. He said, but it was Janmashtami day. He said, you eat grains now. Eat fully Prasadam and go. Because he did not want them to starve. So, preaching is more important than following a fasting and sitting in one place. You go and preach there. Better than sitting here and go and preach. So, for that, if you have to, if you have no strength, you know, if you don't eat, then eat nicely, eat full, full grains. He actually made them eat grains and send them. Another example is the <laughs> the Baag Bazaar Temple in Kolkata. There was this temple, beautiful temple, marble and everything. But you know, the number of people were very less coming into the temple. So Bhagchand Saraswati Thakur was you know little impatient. He was saying, why people are not coming? We have made such a nice temple, still they are not coming. What is going on? Then some of the disciples mentioned that actually, you know what? There are so many people on the other side of the road. And Bhaktisyan Sarasvathagura asked, why is that going on? Why the people are going there and not coming here? They said there is a chai shop there, the tea shop. That's why everybody is going there to drink tea. Really? Then put the tea shop here. Put another tea shop. Open one tea shop here outside our gate now. Open one tea shop. Let them drink tea and let them come inside here first. Then we will change them. (laughs) But tea is intoxication, right? But you see... For preaching, of course, it is not, did not say that okay, but now devotees are all can drink tea. No, no, it did not say like that. The point is, the preaching is more important, and if some minor uh, rules can be sacrificed, it has to be sacrificed. See, and um, like sannyasis, they are not supposed to cross the ocean, that's the rule of a sannyasi. You can't cross the ocean. Prabhupada nicely crossed the ocean. Huh? And it became a big thing, Jaladutha. That ship name is immortalized. (laughs) And after that, he crossed the ocean like left, right, center, you know, with planes. Nicely. Sanyasi should always walk on foot. He cannot take any vehicles. But Saraswati Thakur used cars and trains. And Prabhupada took it to the very next level. Planes. He flew from here and there, all over the world. But, so the rule was sacrificed... For a higher thing, preaching. So we have to keep all these things in mind. So as the situation evolves, we will we will see how it goes. Okay? I hope that answers the question. Um next question. Ajanya. Actually, this was a good discussion about all these things because we need to know how to perform in practical life and service, you know. Some people are there, keyboard warriors. Oh Brabhu, you took COVID vaccine and travelled. Oh my god, you are fallen, you are fallen. No. They will all they can do is sit down and comment. So we are not we don't care about them. Practical preaching, whoever is doing, they know the challenges.
1: Hmm?
0: So um, next Ajanya. Is Subhadra in the spiritual world? Yeah, of course. I mean she is Yogamaya. What kind of question is that? She's there in the spiritual world, of course. Next. What is the importance of Subhadra? <laughs> okay. Since it's a question, so we will Sunita Sharma Mataji is saying thank you Prabhu. You are welcome Mataji. Thank you for asking the question because these are important questions and we have been thinking about this also. Mm -hmm. How these situations are going to evolve and how we are going to conduct ourselves. We are thinking on those lines. So we are keeping ourselves abreast of all the news and seeing what to be done. And I mean it is too early to comment now because what is going to happen in 2-3 years down the line, we don't know. So let's see. Next question by Ajanya. What is the importance of Subhadra? We worshiping why? What is the importance of Subhadra? Well, she is Yoga Maya. So, we are now under the control of Mahamaya. And we are under illusion. And we are suffering. (coughs) And we are um, committing so many sinful activities. So, Yoga Maya. Subhadra is Yoga Maya. And... By taking shelter of Yogamaya, Daivim Prakriti Mahashrita, Radharani, Subhadra, all, see everybody is actually an expansion of Radharani, all the female, all the Shakti Tattva. Just like there is Vishnu Tattva, there is Shakti Tattva. So, um, just like Vishnu's expansion in the material world is Lord Shiva, because he is in touch with Durga. So, it's transformation like milk to curd, right? That example is given in the Brahma Samhita. So, similarly, Radharani's expansion in the material world is Durga. And in spiritual world, she is known as Yogamaya or Subhadra. And in ultimate form, she is known as Radharani. And all the others are her expansions. Subhadra is also expansion of Radharani. See, so, um, again, it is the spiritual energy. And especially Radharani is the Haladhani Shakti. Whereas the whole spiritual uh, internal potency involves Sandhini, Samvit and Haladhani. Uh, Radharani is the Hladini Shakti, pure bliss, that's it, pure bliss, um, she brings bliss to Krishna, so that is Radharani, so yogamaya or Subhadra, her shelter we have to take, devotee's means to take shelter of the internal potency of the Lord, hmm. otherwise we are under the potency of external, I mean Maya, so uh, you are saying what is the importance of Subhadra, she is the most important, Without her shelter, how can we, you know, approach the Lord? We cannot. Daivim Prakriti Mashrada. And when he also, when Krishna came, he asked Yogamaya to uh, make the arrangement that uh, Balaram be shifted from the womb of Devaki to Rohini and she herself uh, be uh, transferred, I mean, um, to the... um, What is that? I mean that that whole issue where Krishna was there and she was with Krishna and then she herself transferred herself Sorry, (laughs) what am I saying? Krishna asked Yogamaya to um, switch places and when Vasudeva was taking Krishna to uh, Vrindavan and uh, Yamuna parted and everything all that happened because of Yogamaya again And all the guards were sleeping. The gates became opened. I mean, they were in prison, you know. (laughs) The gates opened. How? All this Yogamaya was doing. And Krishna ordered her to do everything. All the arrangements. So, that is Yogamaya. All the pastimes. In fact, Krishna also says, Sambhavami Atmamaya. In the fourth chapter, sixth verse. I come here into this material world by my own internal potency. You see? So... um, the internal potency assists the lord in all his pastimes in fact she brings the entire paraphernalia of the spiritual world in this material world that's why there is no difference between vrindavan of this world and the Golok vrindavan and the navadvip of this world and the goloka vrindavan the spiritual world so there's no difference so why because yoga maya and how did krishna dance for one night of brahma and made it equal to one night on the earth Again, action of Yogamaya. So, the Sandhini, Samvit, and Haladini potencies are manipulated to uh, bring forth Krishna's pastimes. And, you know, he enjoys an excellence. And all these Parastha-shaktir, All the energies of Krishna are acting, I mean, automatically. Not automatically, I mean, by his will, but without like being ordered and everything. See, They already understand. Yogamaya understands what Krishna wants and she arranges everything for him. And when devotees also take shelter, uh, they take shelter of Yogamaya. Yeah. That's why we chant. Jai Yogamaya, Jai Subhadra. Jai Yogamaya, Jai Subhadra. So we, we chant like that, you see. It's because of this. She has many names and you know Yogamaya is one of them. Hmm? Next question by Ajanya. why morning head bath is not strict for women in my understanding head bath is necessary every day for all to start a day or as a part of refreshment can you explain the importance of head bath in the morning to advance in krishna consciousness for women i mean for men it is yeah it's a must everyday we, we are doing head bath um for women because of the hair if they do head bath like that they will get sick you yeah? know that's why uh, head bath is not strict for women every day. Once a week at least, or twice a week, something like that, you know, they have to do head bath. So, not every day. understand? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, the hair will become uh, so much uh, this thing. The hair will not, you know, be, uh, what is it called? It will become, uh, I don't know, what is it called? Like split, split, I don't know how is that called. So they have to be oiled and all that. We we don't have. I mean, men don't have to keep hair and don't 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 have to worry about it. So we can take head bath. In fact, if one becomes bald, that is even better because <laughs> we no need to shave. <laughs> Others have to shave. You see. Uh, so <clears throat> next. Okay, this is by Dheeraj, let me put the question on the screen, it is a big question looks like what is it about? Dheeraj. Um, I recently came across this theory, and i would like to know your opinion on it the avatars of vishnu are a great indicator of human evolution oh no i know where you're getting at okay Matsya avatar aquatic life kurma avatar amphibious life varaha avatar terrestrial life narasim avatar wild cats humans fusion evolution might have taken a wrong path from here <laughs> Vamana avatar short human beings right direction of evolution and what is it about to follow parashram where man was able to build tools like and learn archery, and since then, there haven't been much evolution in us as in the next avatars, where and the next avatars were Rama, Krishna, Balaram, Buddha. So, all these are just coincidences, or does it support the theory of evolution? <laughs> so, the question is, why didn't they evolve from Parshura much? <laughs> this is stupidity because when Matsya Avatar was there, Markandeya Rishi was there. I mean, did you, did you read the Matsya Avatar? Matsya Leela in the Bhagavadam. Markandeya Rishi was there. He's a human, you know. <laughs> Why is there? And when the tortoise avatar, I mean the Kurma avatar came, the demigods and the demons, you know, not just humans, they were much greater than humans. They were pulling, you know, the snake Vasuki. I mean, they were there. Demigods were already there and uh, varaha avatar all the demigods everybody was there demon was there and he was terrorizing and he came as a varaha and Narsima already humans were there humans were there in every single leela whether it was a fish leela kurma leela whatever leela humans were there huh? how can you say <laughs> and then why <laughs> why the evolution did stop at parshuram and after that only human all human why Huh? So, uh, this is uh, nonsense. It is not that way. All the species of life are always there. The 8.4 million species are always there. It is not a coincidence. In fact, even now, there are planets where Kimpurusha planet, Kimpurusha varsha, and there is a Kinnara varsha. See, Kimpurusha means half man, half animal. Kinnara means also half man, half animal. One of them is uh, head of an animal body of a man another is head of an a head of a man body of an animal i think kinnara is uh, head of a man body of an animal whereas kim purusha is head of animal body of man i think that's what something like that so kim purusha means man kim means what kinnara means kim nara nara means man kim means what uh, means what man what man not like that what kind of a man you know <laughs> so uh, so because it does not look like a man and does not look like an animal what is it so that is why it, it is called Kim Purusha and Kinnara. so these are there so all these are always there it is just that um, oh ok I will answer this question later so let me answer this question here on the screen so Avatar. <coughs> And Varahavatar, I mean, Matsya Kurma Varaha, these are not coincidences. And also, the Lord came as a bird also, Hamsavatar, uh, as a swan. And he came as Hayagriva, you know, which is horse-headed incarnation, horse-head, but human body. So, again, that is a Kim Purusha or, yeah, Kimpurusha. So, I mean, these are only 10 mentioned, but it is not that... It happened in this order it happened in that order but um, there have been other incarnations uh, between these you know like Dattatreya with three heads what is that deformed baby or what
1: yeah
0: oh then the mistake corrected okay then one one head is that no (laughs) so whenever the Lord comes it is all his pastimes and he came in many different ways if you see the first canto third chapter <clears throat> you will see so many incarnations there. I think about 26 or 27 of them are mentioned in that chapter. That is not 10. In fact, like waves of the ocean, I, I will show you that verse. So it is not a very correct theory actually. It is a completely mistaken theory. I think it is 26 verse of the third chapter. Yeah. Avatara sankhya yatha vidasi O Brahmanas, the incarnations of the Lord are innumerable, like rivulets flowing from inexhaustible sources of water. Same? Innumerable. Hmm. In fact, Chaitanya Sarita has more descriptions of the innumerable incarnations of Krishna. So, it's a stupid theory, you know, that evolution. Next, Manajakshi mataji is asking, could you kindly brief on Shatsandarbhas of Jiva Goswami? Well, as much as I would like to answer that question, I am not an expert actually. I mean, I mean, I don't know much about the Shatsandarbhas, honestly. I just know that there have been, um, I mean, extensive uh, thesis of Jiva Goswami on every single philosophical um, point and they establish Krishna Consciousness as the highest... And in that also, the Sankirtan movement has the highest uh, uh, form of religion, especially for this Kali Yuga. I mean, he philosophically goes through every single point. But I do not know the contents of the Shat Sandarbhas because I've, I have, I do not know, because I have never read it. I have never seen it. Some verses from the Shat are quoted by Srila Prabhupada here and there. And we know that that much, but I do not know about Shat much. Maybe I would like to read about a synopsis of what it is all about. Then I can answer a little better than what I can answer now. Now I absolutely don't know. But basically, I know the gist of it all. Is that to establish Krishna Consciousness as the the Vaishnavism as the most and especially Pranatha Krishna worship and also um, Sankirtan movement. To establish the supremacy of these principles, uh, Sarasandarvas were. Compiled by Jiva Goswami. So there are the six, six parts of it. Uh, I think uh, the other day Manajakshmi Mataji actually enumerated them. I think um, Bhakti Sandarbha, Paramatma Sandarbha, Bhagavat Sandarbha, Preeti Sandarbha, and forgot the other two. Yeah, like that. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I, I'm inadequate in answering this question. <laughs> Next question by Kaka Singh. Okay. This is a this is a question which I get so many times. I think I've answered it also many times. I don't know if we did a QA video of this and our YouTube, I don't know. Free will and fate. It states in the bhagavad-gita that the supreme personality of godhead who is within the body of a living entity is the controller of all living entities all over the universe but it also says we have free will i'm kind of confused how can there be a controller and yet we have free will ah tatva sandarbha and krishna sandarbha are the other two i missed out okay thank you vana ji so how can there be a controller and yet we have free will okay good <laughs> so Free will. So, what is free will? First of all, before even understanding free will, we should understand who we are. Then we will understand what is free will. <coughs> we are <coughs> um, We are parts and parcels of Krishna. That is explained in the 15th chapter 7th verse of Bhagavad Gita. So, we are his parts and parcels. <coughs> so, just like a droplet of the ocean um, is a part and parcel of the ocean. Now, the droplet will have the same ingredients of the ocean in its quality like for example 35 percent of the droplet is will be salt and if you check the ocean the ocean also has 35 percent salt so drop also has 35 percent salt now why am i saying this because um, you will understand now that means the qualitatively they are same but quantitatively the ocean has tons and tons of salt Whereas a droplet has milligrams of salt. But the percentage is the same. The quantity is different. The quality is same. Similarly, we being part and parcel of Krishna. Krishna is the supreme soul. And we are the infinitesimal soul. He is the infinite soul. <coughs> so, we being infinitesimal. We have the same qualities of God. But in minute quantities. Okay. Next, what are the qualities of God? There are... Millions. I mean, innumerable qualities. One of them is independence. That is one of his qualities. He is perfectly independent. Svarata. He is absolutely independent. He is not dependent on anything. Now, we being part and parcel of that independent God, we also have independence. But we don't have that quantity of independence. We have minute quantity of independence. And basically, we have two choices. Either we serve Krishna favorably or we choose not to serve krishna that's all these two choices we have but we are not independent in every sense even if we choose not to serve krishna our existence still still depends entirely on krishna entirely even the atheist who is talking nonsense his tongue is provided to him by krishna only he may say no no no, my mother provided yeah but mother did not provide mother did not make the tongue She was just bearing the weight of the child in the womb for 9 months. But she was not planning, okay, I am making the tongue now. Okay, I am making the cheeks, I am making the heart, I am making the veins. No, mother has no idea what is going on. So, (coughs) she does not even know whether boy or girl. Hmm? (laughs) She does not know anything. So, it is the Lord who is engineering within. Right? So, the Lord gave the tongue to talk nonsense also. So, we actually cannot be separated from Krishna. So, even our uh, nonsense activities, Krishna has to provide for us facility to do our nonsense activities. But because we have asked for it, because we have demanded it, (laughs) against Krishna's desire, he gives us. Although he is the supreme controller, now a good example is the country. Country has law now some people they want to become outlaw they want to go out of the law but such a person may be even called an outlaw but actually he cannot be out of the law he has to be under the law so even though he may try to defy the rules of the government he will still be under the government only he will be under more stringent uh, this thing of the government Instead of civil law, he comes under now criminal law. You see? So, it becomes worse. So, uh, the control of the government on the so-called outlaw has not gone. <coughs> in fact, it becomes more stringent, when he commits, some, when he misuses his independence. The government, although it is controlling everything, it does not interfere with our independence. Um, it suggests, it has laws in place, but when we go outside the you know precincts of law and then we will be punished by even a more severe law so we are given free will yes we can choose to serve krishna or we can choose not to serve him but if we choose not to serve him then there are repercussions if we choose to serve him there are also repercussions but in the positive way then we will be actually blessed by the lord if we choose not to serve him then there is a, such repercussions where you know we have to actually face you know sinful reactions. So, like in that way, we are given free will, although he is a controller. It is like Prabhupada explained that when a child demands some candy in a supermarket store, and the father says, no, 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 you are not going to have a candy, it is it's not good for you, you know, so much candy is not good for you, you are not going to have it. Then if the child throws a big tantrum, no, 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 I want it and a big, he makes some big mess in the supermarket. Then no, to save the to save the trouble, he just, the father buys a candy and then gives the child and keeps him quiet. So it's something like that. We actually threw a tantrum and then we came into this material world. So <laughs> Krishna did not want us to actually come here. We wanted to come here out of our own stupidity. And reluctantly Krishna sent us here and reluctantly he is providing all our... Uh, facilities for sense gratification and if we turn back to him that's why even though he gives all our facilities still he comes and he sends his devotees as acharyas and you know to reclaim us back he's always on that mission if Krishna can bring us all back to Godhead why does he need to preach why does he need to send all acharyas he can just force everybody and forcibly take everybody back home back to Godhead right no but he doesn't interfere with our independence love means not forced love means voluntarily that person must you know uh, have affection so he wants our affection voluntarily he does not he does not force it but if we choose not to love him and if we choose to go against him then we are asking our own trouble because our nature just like we are actually a fish if a fish becomes adamant to go out of water and live on the land that is this doing something to his own peril so the mother of that fish will never want the fish to go or the father of that fish will never want the fish to go on the land. But if the fish insists and then goes on the land then what happens? It struggles for existence. So we actually do not belong in this material world but we wanted to come here. We wanted to enjoy separately from the Lord and in the, in the spiritual world there is no such thing. Nobody enjoys separately from the Lord. Everybody is obedient to the Lord and everybody cooperates with the Lord. So somewhere or other there has to be a place to house those souls who are rebellious and that is this material world the enjoyer in the spiritual world is the lord and we are supposed to cooperate with this enjoyment but when we wanted to become an the enjoyer then the this the thing that has to be enjoyed has to be inferior to the enjoyer so therefore krishna created an energy which is inferior to the spirit soul and that is the material energy which is inanimate, which is dead. Compared to Krishna, we are inferior. But when we want to become superior, there has to be something more inferior than us to, uh, for us to enjoy. We cannot enjoy something superior. We can enjoy something inferior. When we, become, we become the predominator and that becomes predominated. We become the enjoyer and that becomes enjoyed. So it's always the dominance. So the enjoyer always tries to dominate. So we assume this male mentality. We are actually female spiritually because we are prakriti, para prakriti, and Krishna is the only male. We are all female, supposed to cooperate with this enjoyment. But we now have assumed the male mentality. We want to become the enjoyer. Then, then Krishna has, you know, created this aparaprakriti, which is f- uh, female. I mean, prakriti energy, but it's even more inferior than the living entity, hmm. so that we can enjoy. And that is why this material world is there. And that is why we have all these bodies according to our consciousness. And then we are accepting this. And then everybody wants to enjoy. How can everybody enjoy at the cost of another? So there has to be some law in place. So that everybody can have sense gratification but to the limit. Because because if everybody wants unlimited. Then if everybody wants to become the Lord of the universe then there will be a clash. There has to be some kind of control factor. And that is where karma comes in. Law of karma. So if I interfere with somebody else's uh, progress. then i will have to be um, punished so that's how the law of karma is then put in place so that we are regulated and all of us can stay here of course full of fighting still but you know at least there is some kind of order and that's why this process of sacrifice is given to us especially human beings Uh, in animal life if you see the animal life it's just pure quest for dominance complete dominance Every animal wants to dominate the other, that's why there is a food chain, you know, higher in the food chain, you know. So, but in human life, we have to. You see, Praja. sorry. Praja Srishtva Purovasa Anena Esha Vostvishta Kamadhuk. In the beginning of creation, the Lord of all creatures sent forth generations of men and demigods along with sacrifices for Vishnu and blessed them by saying, Be thou happy by the sacrifice. because its performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and and achieving liberation. (coughs) So, to regulate our unrestricted sense enjoyment and to make best use of our time here as a human to go back, to to, uh, revive our Krishna consciousness so that we can go back to Godhead. That's why this process of sacrifice is given for us, especially humans, so that we can uh, rectify our mistake. So... Still, I mean, our tendency is to enjoy this material world. Like, you see, Srimad Bhagavatam 11, 5, 11. See this. Loke vyavaya, miša madhyaseva, nitya hi jantor tatra chodana, vyavasthiti steshu vivaha yajna. In this material world, the conditioned soul is always inclined to sex, meat-eating and intoxication. Therefore, religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities. Although the scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage, for meat-eating through sacrificial offerings and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine, such ceremonies are meant for the ultimate purpose of renunciation. Now, there is marriage, for example. Uh, there are, of course, rules for meat eating and intoxication in a regulated way. That is for absolutely uh, lower section of humans. But even in higher sections of humans, the, the institution of marriage is there. Why? Because that is something which is even more harder to give up. Sex. So sex is always miserable. In that few seconds, it will be so called pleasure. But what follows and what precedes it is complete misery. Um, in fact. People have to work hard for their entire lives to maintain their children, their family. All this is predicated upon sex life. So, it's actually full of misery. But then, uh, it is a material desire that people cannot give up. It's one of the necessities of human life. So, it is regulated. Vivaha is regulation of sex. So, there is minimal use of it and that too with responsibility. So, that the rest of the time, time can be saved for spiritual realization. (coughs) Instead of just indulging in sex like animals, there is marriage. What is marriage? Marriage means licensed sex life. That is it. Nowadays, they have basically ruined the institution of marriage by introducing divorce. Uh, Because by divorce, what happens is, you know, Contract is broken, and then again they get married, and then again they get divorced. This is just like animal life. It actually ruined the purpose of marriage, which is basically to license. Only this lifetime, only one person. That's it. Finish. Uh, so that is to limit. Hmm. So the whole point is that human life is meant for Kamasya Nendriya Nartho Karma Life's desire should never be directed towards sense gratification. One should desire only a healthy life or self-preservation. Since a human being is meant for inquiry about the absolute truth, nothing else should be the goal of one's works. So even that desire for sex is still allowed under regulation, under marriage and for procreation and with responsibility. And that becomes then Krishna conscious. Hmm. That is pure use of sex. So in that way, basically... Uh, we can, we have these tendencies of sense gratification, our free will. So, religious, now the question is about free will and fate, right. So, why am I going on this tangent? So, it is related because we have our free will, we want to enjoy unrestrictedly. But then our real position is to actually cooperate with Krishna and without any desire for sense gratification. Now, these are two extremes. One extreme is our actual original position. The other extreme is our sinful intentions of enjoying separately from Krishna? Now, the progression from this sinful mentality to complete obedience to Krishna and nothing else. To from here, from point A to point B, to come here, there has to be some regulation. Okay, you still want to do all these things? Okay, do it in a regulated way. Cut down and do it responsibly, and then slowly, slowly evolve to the point where only engage in Krishna's service without anything else. So, that's why religious, uh, so this whole, uh, what is that, rules and regulations in religious scriptures are laid down, so that to slowly guide our consciousness from sense gratification to Krishna consciousness. It can't be a, you know, like overnight thing or, you know, like a baton switch. No, it has to take a, it will take time, gradual evolution of consciousness gradual purification so to allow for that purification there is some allowance and okay that is also uh, channel towards krishna consciousness in that way that's why all these slowly to allow ourselves to use our free will again it's free will is our free will whether to wa- whether to follow religious principles or not but again the repercussions are there if you don't follow yeah shastra vidam vartate Kamakarata. You see, he who discards scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims attains neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination so you have the free will to act as you like but if you don't um, listen to me Krishna is saying you can choose to listen to me or not that is up to you but there are reactions to each so what is that 1858 if you become conscious of me you will pass over all the obstacles of conditioned life by my grace Okay? if you become obedient to me but if however you do not work in such consciousness but act through false ego not hearing me you will be lost now choose your path that's what he says in the this, this 64th verse right uh, 63rd verse. Sorry. Yeah. Thus I have explained to you knowledge still more confidential. Deliberate on this fully and then do what you wish to do. Do what you wish to do. So the free will he still gave it. But be informed. Don't be without information. We are now using our free will or rather misusing because we don't have information of what are the consequences of our misuse. Now, if we understand the consequences of using or mis- and misusing, then we will know, Hey, yeah, actually, you know what? I should use my free will properly. That's why Krishna says, I mean, Arjuna says finally, in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, he says, I am not going to fight. He said, I am not going to fight. Second chapter ninth verse, but here eighteen chapter seventy third verse, he said, when Krishna said Yathe cha do as you wish. Arjuna said karishye vachanam tava, nashto moha labdha, mrityilabdhaatvat prasadaan mayachuta sthitosmi gata karishye vachanam tava. Arjuna said, my dear Krishna, oh infallible one, my illusion is now gone. I have regained my memory by your mercy. What is this regain my memory? I forgot that I was your eternal servant. Now, I remember that I am again your eternal servant. For millions and trillions of years, we have forgotten this point. Now, when we receive knowledge again, we remember back again. Yes, I am actually Krishna's servant. I am now firm and free from doubt. And I am prepared to act according to your instructions. That's it. No more argument. No more, you know, uh, theorizing. No, nothing. No more any other opinion than Krishna's. Whatever Krishna wants, I will do. That's it. So, that is proper use of our free will. So, Krishna is informing us. After, you see that verse when he says, Yathachesitathakuru, do as you wish. That is right at the end of Bhagavad Gita, you know. After he spoke the entire Bhagavad Gita, he is saying, do as you wish. Arjuna was already doing as he was wishing. He said, I am not going to fight. Now, after informing everything, Krishna is saying, do as you wish. But this time, Arjuna said, I am going to fight. <laughs> because now he understands without understanding is when he want, he, is, he misused his free will and after understanding is when he actually used his free will so in that way Krishna is always the controller he always awards us the results of our good or bad activities or our transcendental activities of devotional service so we entirely depend on him for our results but we have to act according to his order otherwise we will suffer that is where free will and fate or controller are both at the same time there i hope that was understandable yeah dheeraj has already posted this <laughs> Shastra Chakshu episode of free will versus fate yeah this is a youtube video i did on free will and fate i think i'll just put a share that here yeah there it goes free will versus fate but I like to repeat this answer every time. Why? Because, I like refreshing it again. It is good to repeat because, of course, do not ask me the same question every AM, AM session. <laughs> I am not going to repeat that. But, you know, it is good to always think through the whole explanation again and again from different angles when you approach. And it is fresh in your mind. Otherwise, you, you also will forget, you know. Okay, So, Next question by Kaka Singh again. Second question by Kaka Singh. So, how do you get people on this path of Krishna consciousness? When they are barely interested in spirituality and specially dislike religions, just introduce Prabhupada books. Yeah, Prabhupada's books. So first of all, they have a skewed perspective of what religion is. They think they think religion is some dogma without any proper explanation of anything. See the thing is people want happiness and people want their curiosity satisfied. When these two things are offered nicely, then they will accept. Now, Srila Prabhupada went to America and then he offered this Krishna Consciousness Movement. He chanted, he gave them Prasadam, he spoke on Bhagavad Gita and Philosophy. And they got attracted. Why? They were not, in fact, the Christian pastors of America, they were were telling Prabhupada, I mean, these boys were our boys. They were never interested in religion. They would be, stay far away from religion. They would never come to the church. But now they are mad after God. How is this possible? What have you done? You know. So they asked Prabhupada like that. So, of course, Prabhupada said that, you see, of course, religion also has to be, that's why they, it has to be properly presented. When it is presented by a pure devotee. There is the mercy of the pure devotee that acts. And the pure devotee's mercy is that he knows how to awaken people to God consciousness. Hmm. The thing is, although we may, I mean, people of this world, especially nowadays, they want to stay away from religion, but they still do things like so-called religious people do. They still follow some cult. They have some, they are part of a fan club of somebody, you know, they like somebody. And they follow him or her. you know people always look for a leader always, without exception. they have some inspiration in their life they look up to. So that happens always. So why not that inspiration be God and his devotees? Hmm. And because of their desires are misplaced now. Now to awaken that we only the dust of a pure devotee is a is nice, nicely explained here. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, Prahlad Maharaj explains. 7 5 32 Naisham Matisthava Dhrukram Angrim Sprishat Yanarthapagamo Yadartha Mahiyasam Nishkinchananam Navranita Yava Unless they smear upon their bodies the dust of the lotus feet of a Vaishnava, completely freed from material contamination, persons very much inclined towards materialistic life cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the Lord, who is glorified for his uncommon activities. Only by becoming Krishna conscious and taking shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord in this way can one be freed from material contamination. In other words, unless one is blessed by the pure devotee of Krishna, they cannot. They cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the Lord. So, I myself was, for example, I was not interested in religion so much at all. I just saw religion as a very irritating thing. I mean, when I did not understand anything, before I came in contact with Srila Prabhupada's books, before I contacted the Bhagavad Gita, I was thinking, I mean, we are going to temples and all that, but I mean, what is the point? What is the point? We require more science, more logical and more... So I was always thinking like that. I never knew that actually Bhagavad Gita is the most logical book. It's the most scientific book. Because it was never presented by a pure devotee until then. But when I contacted it, I mean, this is my personal experience. Then it started to change my perspective. Wow, I was I was stunned. Wow, Bhagavad Gita is so scientific. So logical. I never expected it to be. So, uh, the thing is, People want to be happy and people want their curiosity satisfied. Because they have this idea that religion is not a thing that can satisfy your curiosity. Rather, it will just tell you, oh, you do this, otherwise you will go to hell. Instead of giving actually answers. Therefore, they do not really, they do not want to be controlled by anything. See? And I think happiness means to enjoy the senses. And in religion, there is restriction of sense gratification. They do not like that. So, these are the things that are stumbling blocks in their way to accepting religion. Mm. So, firstly, that is why if you see Srila Prabhupada, how he uh, presented Krishna Consciousness. Yes, there are many rules here. Yes, but the rules one will follow, when one understands the reason why we should follow. For example, everybody follows traffic rules, right? Now, we know that if I do not follow the rules, I will meet with an accident i can't reach my destination now nobody likes to stop at a red light nobody likes to stop when one is driving he will always think hope that all the lights will always be green when he comes it should turn green i don't know if you have driven before but (laughs) those who drive they can understand this they especially when they want to get quickly from one place to another they just hope that every place will be green all the lights should be green and i should just go on and on without stopping But red light comes and we have to stop. What if I say that, no, no, I don't want any rules. I don't want any rules. I just want to go. I want to reach my destination. I want to go fast. The problem is, if we don't follow the rules, we will not reach our destination. We may reach another destination. Hell, maybe. (laughs) We will die and go to hell, maybe. That will happen. But that destination we may reach. But ultimately, it's going to be destructive for everybody, right? So, we have to follow the rules. So, first of all, we have to know what is the destination of our life. And we cannot speculate on that. We can never speculate on that. We can never adequately come to a conclusion on what is the aim of of life. What will give us ultimate happiness? Everybody is in search for happiness, but what will give us ultimate happiness? That can only be found when when Krishna gives the answer. Actually, we have to connect back with him. We all find happiness in relationships. That is one thing. Now, that's why we get into relationships. Not only I'm not talking about just a man and a woman, but any relationship, whether as a friend and friend, and or parents and children, or you know, um, servant and master, whatever it is, whatever it is, we engage in relationship. Even if you are working for someone, a boss, that relationship is also a relationship. Whether it's abusive relationship or a favorable one or whatever it is, it is still a relationship because you get something out of it. You get a salary out of it. Hmm. So that's still a relationship. So we engage in relationships. For satisfaction. For increasing our happiness. Now. The problem is. We are cultivating relationships with imperfect people of this world. We have to. Cultivate our relationship with Krishna. So. Something which everybody is already looking for. Something which everybody is already doing. If. The pure devotee, the way Prabhupada presented it, is that everybody is serving someone. Whether you are religious or not, you are presenting, you are serving someone. And he also said, "Jnanamrityu jaravyaad Darshanam, Birth, death, old age, and disease. This is not a Hindu problem. This is not a Muslim problem. This is not a Christian problem. This is not an atheist problem. This is a problem everybody faces. So religion is not just like a, oh, you know, uh, only for Hindus or you know Muslims or Christians. No it is something whether even you are atheist you are for, you are having these problems you, are, you need a solution for these problems birth death old age and disease yeah this is scientific we are talking about universal application here so uh, when we present it as a universal application bhagavad gita and our sanatan dharma actually it is universal but it was misunderstood as a dogmatic cultish or or or, or you know, belonging to a certain sect of people a sectarian thought of religion that is a, misunderstanding of religion if they understand that religion is actually all-encompassing and it actually has complete solution for all our problems which we face in life and happiness can be achieved and if they understand the importance of krishna consciousness they will be willing to follow the rules and regulations (laughs) Srila Prabhupada said when i went to this is what he said i mean when he went to america if i would have presented it to the people of america that you have to stop meat eating illicit sex gambling intoxication they would have been kicked me out Kick me out right out of America. You came to Boston Harbor, you go back. Go back now to Bombay. They would have said that. Ah, or Kolkata, whatever it came from. So, they would ask him, ask him to go back to India. So, what he did? He did not tell the rules first. He introduced Krishna chanting, Krishna prasadam, and nice philosophy. And satisfy their inquisitiveness. Then, once they become interested, Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I really want this. Ah uh, Yes, then there is a method how to. Then come the rules. Then they will voluntarily. How many devotees in America, I mean Europe and everywhere, all over the world? Thousands of them voluntarily followed all the rules and regulations. Why? Because they understand the importance of them. Hmm. So first. So somehow or other they have to be attracted towards Krishna. And that can be either through prasadam, give them some nice prasadam. Oh Prabhu. Many people come to us and say, Oh, Prabhu, I came to Rathya once. I, I really like the Prasadam. Whether they like the chariot, whether they like the kirtan, or not, whether books and all the things that we are doing there, they like or not, one thing they like, Prasadam. Ah. So, <laughs> at least they are getting attracted. Hmm. Even though I, I also, when I first started coming to the temple, I was eating Prasadam every day, every time I would look forward to the Prasadam in the temple. I would come to the temple and have a nice Prasadam. I used to like the Prasadam. So... So, Mm. somehow or other and then uh, of course chanting and philosophy I have I was so uh, very inquisitive. So, the philosophy satisfied my curiosity. So, in this way once I was satisfied then automatically you will want to follow 16 rounds follow the four principles and all the rules and regulations you will want to follow. It is not to be forced but um, by that um, knowledge his free will he will start to use it properly okay okay you know what i, I really want to follow this uh, that's when you can introduce more rules and more rules and it's not that make it you know only rules you know, the spirit of the rule also should be there and sula Prabhupada introduce rules as much as we can actually follow 16 rounds, follow the four principles and you know, all you know so that we can comfortably the rule should not be to the extent that we forget the real aim of those rules again Uh, They should be in this, the the law, the spirit of the law should not be forgotten while following the law. So, we have to understand all these aspects in it. So, all the rules and everything, regulations, everything come in place. And yes, then we follow all these things, then we will, I mean, we will automatically want to follow. So, first, so um, your question was how to bring, make them in, I mean, bring them on the path of Krishna consciousness when they are barely interested. So, give them Prasadam, give them a book you know, talk about subjects that they are interested in and then connect it to Krishna and then convince them to take a book. Oh, you are into, uh, say, painting? Oh, wow. Okay, that is good. So, have you ever considered that, you know, um, the the scenery that everybody draws or, you know, some rose or woman or whatever an artist draws is based off of something they see in this world and have you ever s- thought that, who has created those perfect scenic beauty of nature? Who was the painter of that? Who's the artist? And if somebody is a chemist, oh, who who did the chemicals? You know? Uh, that the orange, this orange has so much chemical inside. So, where did this chemical come from? Some chemist has put this inside. How did that happen? Have you ever wondered? So, spark the curiousness. I mean, then making question. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, then Krishna is the one. So, how can you not accept God? <clears throat> so somewhere. So anyway, if we don't know anything, or if we know also, our main thing is to bring them to Prabhupada's books, to get them interested. Give them prasadam, give them holy name, give them books, Prabhupada books. Give them all these things, and if they take it up, that's a good fortune. It's not that every seed sown will grow into a plant. When it is sown on a barren land, it will not grow. So, some people, they will take the book, maybe they will not start immediately. But it may, they may start after many, many years. They may pick up that book. Oh, what is this book? Huh? Collecting some dust. They will be clearing their, uh, maybe the <coughs> spring cleaning or what. What is this? Book? What book is this? Oh, I mean, they will read, read one page. Hey, wow, this book is nice. What is this book? And then they actually, they will start reading and then, they become devoted. You never know. I think I think the other day, somebody shared this beautiful story with me. On WhatsApp, so uh, a group of Russian devotees were in India, and um, it's a very interesting story how the Russian devotee actually came to devotional service. Basically, he was a butcher; he was a he was cutting animals in a slaughterhouse. That was his job, and uh, devotees, you know, they were sing- singing, and you know, and they sold some books to some of those butchers. And some of the butchers "Ah, okay, okay, take some book. again. But for some reason, they just tore the books and threw it. And one of the other colleagues of them, he was, you know, uh, he was cutting all day and then the whole, uh, what is that, his hands were full of blood and then just washed a little bit and still some blood was there, you know, clothes were full of blood, stains. He was just sitting for a while, just taking a little bit of rest and then he found a paper. A paper happened with a torn part of the book and he he was just reading one one page of it you know this side and the other side and he read this, wow hey i want to see this book full book where is the full, uh, full book of this and then he say actually we threw. through actually you know what you can find this from the those people who come and you know sing and dance you can find from them i think they have a some temple or something nearby i think you can go there and get these books oh really and then he went there he found the temple he he found those devotees chanting on the streets then he asked them, "Where is this? Uh, where where are you from?" And he bought a book also. And then, in fact, he became a devotee, and he was seen in Vrindavan, fully devotee and uh, Indian um, Indian devotee. He was. He asked them their story. Then he was stunned at uh, you know hearing the story. Wow, butcher who's killing animals. Took Prabhupada's book and uh, changed his life completely. And he became a devotee. And he was seen in Vrindavan. Wow. So, Prabhupada's books are very very powerful. We you know. We have to have that understanding that Prabhupada's books are, you know, we don't even know the magnitude of the power of his books. And actually, anybody who reads Prabhupada's books, they will understand how powerful they are.
1: Hmm.
0: So, yeah. So, somehow or other, get the book in his hand and make him read. Once he reads, he will start to accept. Wow, that was a long answer. Next question by Sanita Sharma. The next question by Sunita Sharma. Hare Krishna Prabhu, should we only try to think of Krishna but not Krishna's expansions? So that at the time of death, only thinking of Krishna can enable one to go back home, back to Godhead. Would someone thinking of say Narasimha or Rama can also go back to Godhead? Yeah, he can definitely go back to Godhead. Whichever expansion of Krishna. But Sri Prabhupada, especially Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also, when he went to South India, he was trying to convert everybody, even Narayan worshippers, Sitaram worshippers, Everybody, he was converting them to Krishna, Radha Krishna worshippers. Why? Because it is the highest. He was introducing everybody to that, you know. And here he writes, Prabhupada writes, Bhagavad Gita, 18th chapter. Our Sampradaya is like that, you know. 1865, purport. These words, what are these words? Man mana mad bhakto, maam maam te, always think of me, become my devotee, worship me and offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. So Krishna is saying always think of me, become my devotee, worship me and offer your homage unto me. So Pritchali Prabhupada is explaining here. These words stress that one should concentrate his mind upon Krishna, the very form with two hands carrying a flute, the bluish boy with a beautiful face and peacock feathers in his hair. These are descriptions of Krishna found in the Brahma Samhita and other literatures. One should fix his mind on this original form of Godhead Krishna. One should not even divert his attention to other forms of the Lord. The Lord has multi forms as Vishnu, Narayana, Rama, Varaha, etc. But a devotee should concentrate his mind on the form that was present before Arjuna. See? Concentration of the mind on the form of Krishna constitutes the most confidential part of knowledge. And this is disclosed to Arjuna because Arjuna is the most dear friend of Krishna's. I think uh, the moderator has included a link here. A link to q a Q&A video. Why is worship of Krishna higher than worship of his other forms? So, you can watch this video. There is more elaborate explanation here also. Okay, All right. Greg, Prabhu is asking from UK. Ajamil went back from chanting Narayana. So, that means all Krishna incarnations. Yeah, I mean, any name of Krishna is as powerful. I mean, very powerful. Any name you chant, you go back to Godhead. But especially in our Sampradaya, we are advocates of Krishna worship and Radha Krishna worship even in that. So, we have to carry forward the spirit of our Sampradaya. It's the highest, of course. On all rasas or all relationships with krishna radha krishna love is the highest and um chaitanya mahaprabhu introduced us to that and shrila prabhupada also introduced us to that same um Ajanya, okay, fourth question, but anyway we do not have many questions. So, then the soul should take many births for the purification and enter into real bhakti. Well, I will just put the question on the screen now. So, does the soul have to take many births for purification and enter into real bhakti? Well, it depends on our sincerity, you know, on our, how serious we take it up like the that um verse is there, no? C.C. Adi. Adilila. 8th Chapter, 16th verse. Bahujanma karejodi shravana kirtan tabutana paya Pade premadhan If one is infested with the ten offences in the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, despite his endeavour to chant the holy name for many births, he will not get the love of Godhead. That is the ultimate goal of this chanting. So, see. So, if we, so if we commit offences, then it will take millions of births. If we do it uh, without offences, then one birth is enough. Like Ajamil, he was so sinful. Uh, he almost died. Then Vishnu Tuttas came and saved him. And then, remaining remainder of his life, he went to Haridwar and chanted the name of Narayan, and went back to Godhead in that very life. Khatwanga in the one moment he made all perfection. Maharaj Khatwanga. So, uh, Prabhupada says one moment is enough to become completely Krishna conscious. So, we are talking about enough. But then, that enough is depending on every other condition met. If we meet every other condition, yes. It means without any offense, if we completely surrender to Krishna. Yes. Sarvadharman parityajya mamekam saranam vraja aham So, Krishna is saying. Prabhupada said, are you not reading Bhagavad Gita? (laughs) One one devotee asked Prabhupada similar question like what you asked. um, How long will it take um, for perfection? Prabhupada said, you are not reading Bhagavad Gita? There Krishna is saying, you surrender to me, immediately I will take take away all of your sinful reactions. But then, the question is, we want only the taking away of the sinful reaction, but the surrender part, we don't want to do. That's the problem. So, the thing is, we have to surrender. We cannot only want one thing and not do the other thing. Aham Tvam Sarva, what is that? Sarva Dharmaan Parityajya ekam sharanam braja. We have to surrender. That we have to do. Uh, so, that surrender involves... Surrender does not mean, Okay, Prabhu, I joined full time, so I am now surrendered. No, that is not. That is the beginning of surrender. Okay. But still, there are many things in our mind playing. We are not completely in line with complete cooperation with Krishna. If we are then we are pure devotees. So, we still have the separatist mentality. So, that has to be curbed. Uh, So, for that we have to take it up seriously and then correct our mistakes as we go and then try to avoid the offences as much as possible and then pray to Krishna for you know pray to Srila Prabhupada for strength and pray to the Vaishnavas always be meek and humble to become completely Krishna conscious, meek and humble is the answer. But that is the humility, I mean, surrender means hum- humility. If there is no humility, where is the surrender? Right? So, that is the principal factor of surrender, humility. So, that humble, how to become humble? Even in devotional life, we have so much pride. Sometimes, I mean, in the beginning, all the way. Until one becomes a pure devotee, one has pride. So, the pride has to be constantly beaten up, beat up, mercilessly beaten up. So, <laughs> Bhaktivedanta Saraswati said, beat your mind 100 times with the shoes in the morning, 100 times with the broomstick in the night. Don't give it any chance because it's the biggest problem, biggest enemy because it gives us pride. So, uh, you always remember that uh, we are only a small speck of dust and we are nothing more than that. We would always try to improve ourselves and become a proper devotee. If you are serious, then one life enough. This one life and then go back to God. And that's what is wanted. In fact, if we come many other lives, then we are troubling our spiritual master. Because every time we come, the spiritual master also comes and tries to deliver us. So we should not give trouble to our spiritual master also. So we should try our best. At the same time, we should think we are the worst. Uh, We should think that, okay, everybody is better than me. I should learn from them. Instead of, Becoming a big boss and finding all faults of everybody as if I am like the faultless, you no. Know? So of course, when one is a shiksha guru, or one is training others, we have to. He has to find fault. That is his job. That is his service. His service is to find fault in that. But one has to come to a certain standard to be able to do that. Not that you know, I joined today full time. Tomorrow I'll come and boss around everybody. You no. Know? So you have to learn, you know, being a proper devotee. Even that. Correcting also should be done with affection, just like mother when she corrects the child even though she beats or whatever she does not lose affection for the child, not that she hates the child, no. So, one can only do it properly when one is you know sufficiently advanced, Now, with proper uh, the correction should come from a place of uh, concern, not in a place of fault finding and make a you know, uh, you know fight with that person, no that is not proper. As Jesus also said, you know, hate the sin, not the sinner. Hate the sin, not the sinner. So, if we hate the sinner, we can't preach. We should hate what he's doing, but we, therefore we should correct him. But if we hate the person who is doing that, then how to, there is no compassion anymore, right? How can we preach to somebody whom we have no compassion for? So, we have to have concern. We have to think that everybody is our family, you know. And you know help them correcting them means helping them in that mood we have to correct them, not to humiliate them or not to of course sometimes it it involves humiliation <laughs> that's also good you know sometimes I mean we had experience i mean when we were trained uh, Sunagopal Prabhu, it's not that you always humiliates, but sometimes he humiliates, but that's good i mean we, we should know how to take such chastisement also. You see, eh? so that is good for us. Um, so sometimes humiliation will, you know, put things in pro- proper perspective for us. Yeah. But it is not that the devotees do it just to humiliate the person. No, he cares for that person, he wants that person to change.
1: Hmm.
0: <coughs> <laughs> there was one incident where one devotee was. Um, fanning this Chamara. And Prabhupada was sitting. <coughs> <laughs> I think it was Shrutakirti Prabhu, I think. So, Prabhupada was sitting in Vrindavan, I think. Vrindavan or uh, somewhere in India. <coughs> and in India, there is this, uh, so many mosquitoes, right? So, this uh, western devotee, he was uh, fanning the Chamara. And he you know, Prabhupada was sitting, you know, evening, Evening darshan he was giving, and then so many devotees were sitting on the ground, and he was sitting on a seat. And then this devotee was just beside Prabhupada, you know. He was fanning, and he wanted to do it very gracefully, you know, like you know, like you know, like this, and you know, like some, you know, <laughs> so that maybe other devotees will appreciate or something. So he was doing very gracefully and you know slowly, you know. But then the mosquitoes were biting Prabhupada. <laughs> Prabhupada said, "Can you get somebody here with some intelligence?" <laughs> He was emulated straight. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. I mean, he was called a fool right in front of all the devotees and whoever newcomers, whoever guests were there. (laughs) Prabhupada was saying, Can you get here some, can you get somebody here with some intelligence? Because the thing has to be fanned, you know, like uh, with more force so that the the chamara, you know, the, 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 what is that called? The, the, the hairs of the chamara whisk. It's supposed to there's no gap in that. And so no mosquitoes can actually you know if them if it's done properly, mosquitoes will not stay. And anyway, even if mosquitoes are there, sometimes we fan ourselves with something, whatever fan, right? That is the point. Not to do it gracefully, you know, like look good in photos and in video clips of Prabhupada, you know, look good. Uh, <laughs> that's not the idea of <laughs> fanning <for> him, right? <laughs> so Prabhupada just, you know, can you get him here somebody with intelligence? And Many instances, I mean, he also I mean <laughs> humiliated them, but of course the devotees took it in the right spirit. So we have to be sportive enough to actually take it in the right spirit, they know how to use this, you see. And we have to also as learning devotees, we have to take it in the right spirit of being willing to be corrected and willing to be chastised, willing to be even humiliated. Of course, if the devotees won't particularly want to humiliate you, but even if it happens uh, in, in, in the course of being corrected. Let it be so, so that uh, embarrassment will is a good, uh, you know, uh, way to learn. So I'll never do that mistake again. You see, so like that. Uh, I think Vrajkishore's question was answered. Okay, Sunita Sharma Mataji is asking, "Jai Yogamaya, Jai Subhadra." Which song is that? No, no, it's not a song by itself. But we sing right, uh, Jai Jagannath, Jai Jagannath song. I mean, not song. I mean, when the Jagannath deities we say, mm-hmm. Jai Jagannath, Jai Jagannath, Jai Baladeva, Jai Subhadra, Jai Yogamaya, Jai Subhadra, Jai Yogamaya, Jai Subhadra. So that's when we are saying, Jai Yogamaya, Jai Subhadra. So Yogamaya, Subhadra. I mean, in the uh, where is that? Bhadra, wait. <clears throat> Krishna gave those name, I mean, to his sister, right? In the 10th canto, 4th chapter, 13th verse. Iti Maya Bhagavati Bhuvi After speaking to Kamsa in this way, the goddess Durga. Yogamaya appeared in different places such as Varanasi and became celebrated by different names such as Annapurna, Durga, Kali, and Bhadra. See, Bhadra also means Subhadra. Actually, there is a, I think, a part of uh, AMAM, which I, I think the first AMAM, where the Subhadra mention of Subhadra is there. I mean, as Bhadra here, <coughs> and also other references, I think I, I did a video on that one, maybe that link also can be shared. And actually, Krishna also says, wait. Krishna himself says, wait a second. 10. Srila Vishnu Sakurati Thakur states that the seven gopis mentioned so far in this chapter are the first seven eight of the eight in principle gopis. The Acharya quotes a verse from the Sri Vaishnava Doshani. This is something else oh this is something else um yeah it's somewhere there only ah oh, this one 10 2 11 and 12 namadheyani kurvanti sthanani chanara bhuvi durgate bhadrakali vijaya vaishnavi eti cumuda chandika krishna madhavi Kanyaketicha eti cha maya Lord Krishna blessed Maya Devi by saying in different places on the surface of the earth people will give you different names such as Durga, Bhadrakali, Vijaya, Vaishnavi, Kumuda, uh, Chandika, Krishna, Madhavi, Kanyaka, Maya, Narayani, Ishani, Sharada and Ambika Now uh, even this in Bhadrakali is one name of course we know is Kali's name But also it is Bhadra and Kali also. Kali and also Bhadra. Bhadra also can mean Subhadra. So in that way, uh, indirectly it is mentioned. Subhadra means very auspicious actually. Hadyanta hi Abhadraani. The inauspicious things in the heart will be vanquished when we hear about Krishna. So Abhadrani means inauspicious. Bhadra means auspicious. Subhadra means very auspicious. So this yogamaya is a very auspicious energy of Krishna because it gives us brings us back to Krishna, right? Next, Dhiraj question: What is the difference between Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Bhagavat? Well, there are two different scriptures. They are Chaitanya Charitamrita written by Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. Chaitanya Bhagavat originally it was its name was Chaitanya Mangal written by Vrindavan Das Thakur. Uh, and later on it was ch- named Chaitanya bhagavat because there was another Chaitanya mangal which came and was written by I think Lohan Thakur and therefore this original Chaitanya mangal was renamed as Chaitanya bhagavat So, there are different books on biographies of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Chaitanya bhagavat uh, there is so much explanation of his uh, Leela in the, of the first half of his life whereas Chaitanya Charitamata has most of his explanations from the second half second half of his life. Like what he did as a child, all his pastimes as a child and youth, they are very much uh, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, they are briefly only mentioned because Krishnadas Kavaraj Goswami did not want to repeat himself, uh, repeat what Vrindavan Das Thakur has already said in the Chaitanya Bhagavat. So, therefore, he briefly only summarized them and then went on to uh, describe his pastimes, uh, especially in the second half of his life when he took sannyas. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed for 48 years in this world and 24 years he was as a Childhood and grahastha life, and the rest 24 years he was as a sannyasi. So, that part is mainly focused upon in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and there is so much philosophical discussions and everything. Whereas, in um, even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there is a lot of philosophy, but at the same time, there is also the naughty pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was in his childhood and youth. He was very, very naughty, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, extremely naughty. So, all those things are not mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Next question by Di- Diana Itwaru. Diane Itwaro, sorry if I'm messing up your name. Um, listening from Canada. Wow. Thank you very much. I mean, I really appreciate that. What's the time there? I mean, I think it's right in the morning, I think, I guess. I think you're 15 hours or 13 hours behind me. So, I mean, I am very thankful that you are listening all the way from Canada. Thank you so much for these classes. Prabhu, what is the difference between Lord Narasimhadev and Lord Varaha? Well, Lord Narasimhadev is half man, half lion. Lord Varaha is a boar. In the boar incarnation. In Lord Varaha incarnation, he there are two Varaha. There is a red Varaha and white Varaha. This is our kalpa is Shweta Varaha, white Varaha kalpa. So, uh, in the red Varaha, he fought with the Hiranyaksha. In Arsumadev, he fought against Hiranyakashipu, the brother of Hiranyaksha, and um, White Varaha he still lifted the earth, but then he did not fight anything with uh, Hiranyaksha. There was lifting of the earth, but no fighting of fighting with Hiranyaksha in the White Varaha. So yeah, I mean there are uh, full pastimes of Varaha and Arjuna in the Bhagavatam. You can go and read. I think Varaha pastime comes in the third canto and. Uh, Narasimha past time comes in the 7th canto. You can fully read them. Alright. So, I think that's the end of the session, right? Yeah, I guess that's the end of the session. Thank you very much. What's the time now? Wow. Almost 10.30. Thank you. Shila Prabhupada ki jai, Anantapodi Vaishnavarind ki jai, Nitai, Gaur Primanande, Hari Hari Bhoor, Hare Krishna.